voort te sien, saam met die worshipper. Dit was iets uh, baie lekker gewees. En um, ek wil vir julle dankie sê vir elkeen wat gedaan het, en geverf het, en gespeel het, en geslaap het, en net hier was, en geëet het. Um, op die stoep, uh, van die lekkerste keiers dier die nacht was daar by die vier, dit was net so besonders om daar om die vier te sit, en ook die Heere saam daar te loof en te prijs, en een bykie Jakko daar saam te gesels oor wat die Heere doen. So, uh, kom ons bid saam en sê vir die Heere dankie vir een lekker deernag, en ons vertrouw om vir, vir ook een besonderse aand vanaan. Hou iemand langs jou saand vast. Heere, baie dankie dat ons net so na u toe kan kom. En vir u kan sê, Heere, u is so wonderlik. U is so lekker om u te dien. U is so lekker om in, in verhouding met u te kan staan en te kan sien hoe u mense ontmoet. Heere, as ek, as ek sien hoe mense profeties bedien is, elkeen van hulle so raak, so goed, elkeen wat het so nodig het. En Heere, as ek, as ek sien hoe die, hoe die lofprysing spanne en eenheid saamgestaan het dier die nacht en, en gesing het en u aangesig gesoek het en profeties bedien het en Heere, het is so lekker om dit te sien. Om te sien hoe u mense by mekaar voeg in een lichaam en toch ook mensens harte die heel tyd bly rug op u. Heere, mag ons vanavond dit ook beleef. Mag ons vanavond op u gerig wees. Mag ons vanavond vanuit die woord uit bedien word en hoor dit wat u vir ons wil sê. En Heere, mag ons elke gedeelte daarvan geniet as u vanuit die woord uit ons gees kom stig en kom oprig. Ons loof u naam Jesus. Amen, amen. Julle kan gerust sit. Ek wil julle net herinner, uh, voordat ek vir Jakko oorgeer, dat ons net saam die Heere loof en prijs uh, asjeblief moet nie jou kinders in die moederskamer uh, los uh, sonder toezicht nie kyk asjeblief na jou kinders uh, Lisa het er daar achter baie mooi gemaakt vir die kinders jy kan gerust jou kinders tijdens die dienst in die dienst hou en na, net daar lekker daar achter in die kinderhoekie ook gaan sit as jy wil Jakko, kom ons sing lekker saam jylle kan saam met ons staan Open wide from the depths, from the heights, I will bring a sacrifice. With these hands lifted high, hear my song, hear my cry, I will bring a sacrifice. I will bring.
say your will your way it'll be my joy to say your will your way it'll be my joy to say
fulfill us with everything that we need. Thank you, Lord, that you are our heart's desire. Thank Jesus. Thank you. Can I get a noy om net so te bly sit en net so in aanbidding te bly as jylle gaan sit? Ek wil graag hee dat ons een oomlik moet neem, net om ook een offergave op te neem en Heere, dankie te sê, dit is een geleentheid om ook in profeet André Lauw sy bediening in te saai en ek vir Heere, dankie te sê vir mense soos hy wat hy oprig en ek het net weer gesien, Emma, hoe wonderlik die vijfvoudige bediening is, daar daar profeet is, ek is blij vir Heere dat jylle profeete daar is want jylle is net weird en anderste maar ek prijs die Heere vir julle, want die skrif word op een ander manier geopenbaar, op een ander manier gesien, en ons as die lichaam, moet ook die bediening ondersteun, en ook financieel ondersteun, en ek wil jou aanmoedig, moet nie hierdie geleentheid mis nie, ek sê gister weer van Andorai, daar is een geleentheid in die skrif, wat hy praat van, as jy vir een profeet een glas water gee, sal jy die beloning gee, van een profeet krijg. Amen, jy het al sikke baie glase water gehad, Emma. Of bottelkies water. Maar, daar is iets daarvan, om van jou kant af die profeet te seen, want dan is daar ook een seen in vir jou, sê die Heere. En ek wil rechtig jylle nie by hierdie ding, wat dit mis nie. Hier is een geneentheid, dat ons ook in die profetiese en in hierdie bediening van André Lau kan insaai, en kan sê, Heere, dankie vir een manier wat jy net op een vars, wonderlijke, ander wijse die skrif kom oopmaak, mense kom bedien, en die lichaam saam bedien. So kom ons as gemeente saai in die bediening, en Heere, baie dankie dat ons kan gee van wat jy vir ons ook gegee het. Heere, dankie dat Galaseer 6 daarvan praat, dat ons nie die os moet meilband nie, dat ons nie 
die een wat die werk doen, uh, nie ook moet voer nie. En jyre, daarom is het vir ons lekker om ook, om ook in hierdie bediening in te saai, om ook vir die profeet te spreek, woordelike water te gee, en te kan sê, jyre, ons wil om versorg, ons wil kyk na hom, en mag ons ook, dier middel van ons offergave, vir hom kom gee, ons loop die naam Jesus, Amen, Amen. Ons gaan nou saam gee, en uh, dan, Jakko, kan ons verder saam bedien. Things have passed away. Your love that's the same. Your constant grace remains the cornerstone. Things that we
this place this carpet this building is saturated with praise and worship and adoration it's saturated father anything can happen in this place possibly will happen I pray, Father, that every person in this building right now that has any infirmity or any sickness or any ailment in their body, Father, I bring them before you. You know, one of the, the, the jobs of the prophet is not just to prophesy, but it is to stand in the gap and make intercession. And Father, I make intercession for every single person that is troubled in body tonight who has a member of their family that is troubled in body. No matter what the condition is, Father God, no matter how severe it is, the love of Jesus Christ who died on the cross of Calvary, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, makes you whole tonight. You're the healer. You're the deliverer. You set the captive free. Jesus, we want to remind you that when you walked the streets of Galilee, that you saw those that were sick with infirmity. 
And the Word of God says that you, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you had compassion on all. Your compassion was on every single person. Jesus, we in this building want to remind you of the woman with the issue of blood. In that crowd, in that street, she sacrificed everything, Father God. She pushed through the crowd. If she was caught, God, the Pharisees and Sadducees, the Jewish leaders of the day would have killed her because she was not allowed to have an issue of blood and walk in this public arena. But she recognized that you were walking by and she risked her life to get a touch from you. Just one touch. Just one touch. Sing with me, worship team. Just one touch. And I'll never be the same again. Just one touch. Just one touch. Just one touch. And I'll never be the same again. Sure. Just meditate on that touch right now, Lord. That stretching out, a touch him. Because people are being healed in their seas tonight. Just one touch. Just one touch. My voice is gone. We've been singing right through the night, man. <laughs> you guys sound good. Just one touch. Just one touch. Just one touch. Just one touch. And you'll never be the same. Just one touch. 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 And you'll never be the same. Just one touch. Just one touch. Just one touch. Pressing through. I'm pressing through. I'm pressing through. Just one touch. Just one touch. Just one touch. Just one touch. And you'll never I want. I want just the ladies, just the woman in this church, just the woman in this church to sing this. Just one touch. 
Just the woman. Are you ready, guys? On top. Just one touch. Just one touch. Just one touch. Now you just keep on singing that. Just keep on singing that. I'll never be the same again. Just one touch. All the woman in the house. Just one touch. You lead it. Lead it. Lead it, guys. All the men. Are you ready? I'm pressing in. I'm pressing in. All the men. I'm pressing in. Come on, ladies, keep singing. Ladies, sing, just sing, sing, sing. Just one touch. Come on, ladies, sing. Just one touch. Just one touch. And I'll never be. Come on, ladies, sing that. Over men. I'm pressing in. I'm pressing in. I'm pressing in, and I'll never be the same again. I'm pressing in. Come on, guys. I'm pressing in. I'm pressing in, and I'll never be. Up the ladies, just one touch. Come on, ladies. Can you hear the men? I'm pressing in. I'm pressing in. I'm pressing in. And I'll never be the same again. Just the men. I'm pressing in. I'm pressing in. Don't stop, don't stop. Pressing in, and I'll never be the same again. I'm your healer, I'm your healer, I'm your healer in this house. If you're in this building right now, and Maybe, maybe you're standing in the gap for somebody that's going through something physically. Or maybe you're facing something physically and you need Jesus to heal you. There's a miracle in this house tonight for you. And I want you, come on, amen. And I want you, I want you to leave your seat right now, wherever you are. And I want you to come and stand here. Even if you're standing in for a mother or you're standing in for someone you love. It doesn't matter what miracle you need. Come out of your seat right now. There's a team of people here, amen. They're ready to help. And we're going to lay hands on you. We're going to pray for you. There's oil in the front. And we're going to anoint you. The Bible says, call the elders and anoint the sick with oil, amen. And, and we're trusting God for a miracle. We're trusting God for a miracle. Now look at this. Who would have thought there were so many people in this meeting tonight? Amen. Look at this. The need. The Holy Ghost knows the need. He knows the need. I am the healer. I am the Lord that healeth thee. I sent my word and I healed your disease. Come on, lift your hands.
for people start praying for people but don't leave the front don't leave the front keep praying even if you've been prayed for stay in the front I sent my word and I healed your disease I healed your disease I am the Lord your healer I am Lord that healeth thee. I am Lord your healer. I sent my word and I healed your disease. His name is Jesus. Send my word and I healed your disease. I am the Lord, your healer. I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord, your I sent my word, I healed your disease. Even those that are watching right now on the internet, we pray that the same anointing in this building touches you wherever you are. Wherever you are right now. God is the length, the width, the breadth, the depth. He's everywhere. He can do anything He wants to. Just one touch. And you will never be the same. Don't leave. Don't leave this place. Don't leave the front. Doesn't matter how many times they pray for you, don't leave the front. He touched me. He touched me. He touched me. He touched me. That floods my soul, floods my soul. Something wonderful, something happened. And now I know he touched me and made me whole. He touched me. Please don't leave. Please don't leave. Please don't leave. 
please don't leave. Don't leave, don't leave, don't leave. Please, don't leave. You're not going home sick. Stay with me, stay with me. Stay right here. Something happened and now I know He touched me and made me wrong. Sickness is from the devil. Infirmities are from the devil. I reject infirmity in your body in the name of Jesus. Every person standing in the front, Jesus Christ of Nazareth rebukes that infirmity in your body, in your family, in your life. We rebuke its power in Jesus' name. We loosen you from sickness and we bind you to health. We bind you to health. Let health be binded unto you. He touched me. He touched me. Spirit of the Lord. Spirit of the Lord. There's a healing. There's a healing. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the era makes you free, sets you free. Jesus Christ of Nazareth makes you whole. Jesus Christ of Nazareth makes you whole. Jesus Christ of Nazareth makes you whole. Keep praying. Team, you will not stop praying. Every person's walking home healed. You pray a thousand times. Jesus Christ of Nazareth makes you whole. Jesus Christ of Nazareth makes you whole. Jesus Christ of Nazareth makes you whole. From the top of your head, right through, Jesus Christ of Nazareth makes you whole. His name is Jesus. He is the Son of God. It's the Yehra. Ons lof for your Yehra. Ons vraag vanavond. Dat jij voor ons zal hoor. Hoor ons gebed, Heere, ons vraag. Geseen, geseen jou seen in die machtige naam van die Heere Jezus. In die machtige naam van die Heere Jezus. One touch. One touch. Jesus Christ of Nazareth makes you whole. Every infirmity in this body, every infirmity in your family, I rebuke its power. I stand against it now. We reject it now. We reject it now. Behold, 
every blood disorder, every high blood, every low blood, every form of cancer, every form of migraines, every neuro problem, every, every growth, every medical condition, every glandular problem, every liver, pancreas, heart, lung, every joint problem. We command these bodies You know, we're not leaving. You're not leaving yet until you heal. Some people are still going to sit down. You are not leaving until you get your miracle. You're not leaving until you get your miracle. You don't, you don't go sit down and say, oh, by faith I got my miracle. That's not faith. Faith is standing here until you get your miracle. When you know, you will know. Anoint again. Anoint and pray again. Team up in twos. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Press through. Press through. Press through. Press through. Team, don't, don't, don't be charismatic. Don't be charismatic. Keep praying until you have compassion. Until you feel their pain. Feel their pain. Feel the agony that people are going through. Ask them how they're feeling. Feel it. Have compassion. Have compassion until they're healed. Don't give up. You're not healed until you're healed. By the blood, there is healing. By the blood, there is healing. All right. Those people that sat down, don't sit down. Anoint them with oil now. Anoint them with oil. We anoint this oil in Jesus' name for healing. Anoint them with oil now. Every person in the front, place your hands upon them. Put oil on them. Don't be shy. Anoint them. The Bible says lay hands on them. Prayer of faith will heal them. 
But if you don't have the prayer of faith, then the Bible says anoint them with oil. The only time the Bible teaches us we can use oil is to ordain and for healing. Not to be sold. Don't sell oil. No need for it. We give it away. We buy it, of course, but we give it away. The anointing. The anointing breaks the yoke. God, we ask you to heal them. Healing. Healing is the children's bread. Healing is the children's bread. Healing is the children's bread. We will not give up. We will not give up. Elijah laid on that dead boy. Nothing happened. Then he laid again. And then he laid again. You keep on praying until something happens. You're the healer. Jesus. You're the healer. You're the healer, Lord. We're never gonna give up. 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 We're never gonna give up until we touch. One touch, a touch, a touch, a touch. We're never gonna give up, Lord. Our faith will not be moved. Our faith will not be moved. Our faith will not be moved. We will stand forth. Stand firm and believe your word. You said, by your stripes, we are healed. And we accept it in Jesus' name. No doubts. No doubts. No unbelief. We press in. We press in. We press in. He is the healer. Those that are sitting, please reach your hands towards them. Reach your hands. Let's work with us. Just come work with us. When you sow healing to somebody, you'll get healing in your life. Amen. But if we have sowed prayer, then we will reap those same prayers. Weet jy wat die, die woord van God sê, nee? Wat jy maai, sal jy ook, uh, is recht? Saai. As jy saai, sal jy ook maai. What you sow, you will also reap. If you are sowing prayers of healing for people, whenever you find a dark day, that sickness will no longer have power over you. Because in that day, you were praying for somebody. You were giving God a legal right to bless you. Hallelujah. I know something. I'm going to share a story with you just now. You'll understand why. I, I'm not leaving you now. I'm, I'm pushing you. I'm pushing. I'll, I'll open up your eyes to see something very beautiful about the kingdom of God. We will not give up. We will not let go. I'm so tired of charismatic churches who have lost their heart for people. People come to the front to get prayer, and they have this religious thing, Paul. 
hulle bid net so, in die naam van die Heere, Amen, en het stop. They don't spend time praying. They don't spend time feeling that person's pain. I heard people saying, I don't care what you're going through. I mean, have you heard that before? I don't care what you're going through, God. But I, I want to tell you something. We've got to change. I do care. I do care what you're going through. I do care because Jesus cares. Do you know there was a place in the Bible where even Jesus prayed twice? Do you know that? For the first time he prayed and then he had to pray a second time. There's nothing wrong with praying a thousand times. Praying until something moves. Praying until something shifts. I'm not going to give up ever. Never, ever, ever going to give up until Satan is defeated. We're never, ever, ever going to give up until Jesus is made victorious. We lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The book of Luke, Luke 10, verse 19 says, And he gave them power and he sent them out two by two into all the world. And he said to them, "Go." well, I'm paraphrasing, so it's a bit messed up. He said, cast out devils, heal the sick. If a town accepts you and receives you, then you can leave your blessing there. If they don't receive you, then you can dust the dust off your feet. Mark 16 says, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. God's word is not a lie. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They shall recover. They shall recover. They shall recover. They shall, they shall, they shall recover. They shall recover. They shall recover. I'll not give up on your word, God. Somebody in this building say amen. If God says that you will prosper, I will not give up on God's word until I start to prosper. Amen. If God said that you're the head and not the tail, I will not be the tail in this earth. I will be the head. I will not give up. I say, you ever for your say that it is God that gives you the power to create wealth and the power to enjoy that wealth. And it's the year of your krach here for thy wealth. Amen. I will not back down. You will not back down. Your situation is temporary. Something supernatural is going to start taking place in this church because people will not give up. People are not going to give up. The intercessors have come into a new position of prayer. They know how to press in. They know how to stand and watch the God. Amen. Something wonderful, something glorious, something beautiful. 
something wonderful, something glorious, something beautiful. Come, keep praying. There's people standing still. If they're standing, that means they're not healed. Keep praying. When you got it, you know you'll have it. We we'll just keep on praying. Yo, is she? Where's the Lord? The Bible says that laughter is good medicine. You, you, you don't even have to go to a pharmacy. Laughter is good medicine. Do you know that when you laugh, all of the the stress leaves your body. That when you laugh, it puts certain enzymes into your body that causes healing. Hallelujah. 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 And it's all good. It's all good. Just a bit of medicine. Laughter is good medicine. A little bit of medicine. <laughs> Jesus. A little bit of medicine. A little bit of medicine. Nothing wrong with a little bit of medicine. I, I, I don't like the weirdness, but when, but when the, the Holy Ghost is real and people do laugh in the Spirit, I have seen miracles. I have seen the excess of laughter, which is almost, uh, you know, fleshly. But then I've seen laughter in the Spirit where people get up without cancer and people are healed. Like the woman with the issue of blood. We press in. We press in. Like the blind man waiting patient. My voice is gone. Seven to seven. Was it a sing there? Um, if you're thirsty, you can come drink over here. If you're thirsty, anybody thirsty here? You want a touch from God? If you're thirsty for a touch, come over here. Pastor will pray for you. If you're thirsty, come. The bar is open over here. Joel's boil. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Acts 2 says, is this that? <laughs> this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. Amen. This is, this is that right over there. See, all the young people are thirsty. It's fine. Sommige mensen gaan drink. Anders gaan net sit still. We'll just sit still. Amen. Remember when the Holy Ghost touches people, He doesn't touch us in the same way. Some people laugh, some people cry. Some people just sit very still. Amen. Some reflect. God touches people differently. Amen. If one person is touched a certain way, that doesn't mean the person that's not touched that way is not being touched. Some people get goosebumps. Hallelujah. We just, we just experience the presence of God. Oh. oh, Jesus, something wonderful. 
something beautiful. Something wonderful. Something beautiful is happening. Come on. Something wonderful. Just get hungry. Something beautiful. The Bible says, if you seek the kingdom of God, then all these things shall be added to you. Isn't that exciting? The Bible says, if you seek the kingdom of God, then all these things shall be added to you. So when I say something wonderful, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is the wonderful counselor. Amen. And the Bible says that Jesus is beautiful beyond measure. Something, something wonderful. Something beautiful. Come on. Something wonderful. Come on, we prophesy. Something beautiful. How many people say amen? That's coming to my life. That's coming to my life. Something wonderful. Something beautiful is coming. Come on, we prophesy. Lift your hands. We prophesy in Jesus' name. Something wonderful, something beautiful is coming to your life again. We prophesy in Jesus' name. Something wonderful, something beautiful. It's coming to your life again. Somebody say amen. Something beautiful is going to start growing in your life again. Wherever the enemy had hurt you, whatever the enemy had stolen from you, financially or in business, in your emotions or with your children, we declare that that thief is caught tonight. The Bible says if you catch a thief, he must give you back Seven times what was taken. Something wonderful. Come on, drink, children. Something beautiful. Something wonderful. Something beautiful. It's coming back to me. Something wonderful. Come on, Paul. Prophesy. Something.
Come on, those are those are praying for people. Lift your hands. Something, something, oh, something, something. I pray that all those that are ministers in this church, the anointing increases in your life right now. I prophesy in Jesus' name, the anointing on your life begins to expand, increases right now. Right now, a new level, a new level of the anointing, 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 a new level, a new level. Uh-huh. A new level, a new level, a new level of authority, a new level of power. A new level, a new level. A new level, a new level, a new level on the leadership of Boxburg, a new level of anointing. A new level of anointing, a new level of anointing, a new level of anointing. Increase higher and higher and higher. The river is higher and higher and higher. If you want a new anointing in your business, in your finances, are you ready? Do you want a new anointing in your finances? Are you ready? I, I don't mind you staying up here. How many people want a new anointing in your finances? Okay, you're going to trust me. Here we go. Are you ready? Are you ready? There are only two gods on planet Earth. There is Jehovah God Almighty, Jehovah God Almighty, and there's the God of Memon. There's only two gods. There's many demons and spirits, but there's only two gods. The God of Mammon, which is money. The God of Mammon controls the word, the world, through the Illuminati. It controls the world through the world banks. You're all aware of that. Amen. When you go into a car dealership, when you go into a car dealership and you want to buy a Mercedes-Benz, you go to the car dealer and you say, I want to buy a Mercedes-Benz. The car dealer will look at your income. Am I right, church? The bank will then tell you if you can or if you can't buy that Mercedes-Benz. Therefore, money has a voice. Money tells you what you can and what you can't do. Am I right, church? Money has a voice. You walk into a shop and you want to buy a Pierre Gordisi or you want to buy a a Pacific shirt, and your money has a voice. It tells you you cannot buy that shirt or you cannot buy those jeans. Am I right? So you leave the shop and you don't buy it because your money said you can't buy it. Money has a voice. You cannot serve God and mammon. I said, you cannot serve God and mammon. You can't. You can only serve God. 
Unfortunately, money also wakes you up. You set your alarm because money says you must go to work. Money says get up. Money says go to work. Money says drive in traffic long hours. Money says tolerate the boss that doesn't like you. Am I right? Somebody say amen. So money has a voice. Money also has instruction. And money also tells you what you can and what you can't do. So this is how you're going to overcome. Tonight, you're going to tell money to, to, to stop telling you what you can and what you can't do. Today, tonight, are you ready for this? You're going to tell money, I will no longer submit to you. You will no longer tell me what I can and what I can't do. I will tell you what you must do for me. Otherwise, tonight, you will begin to command it. Tonight, money will submit to your God. I said, tonight, money will submit to your God. Now, you might think I'm crazy, but let, let me give you an example. Are you ready? You can be seated if you want to. When I, I will mess you up big time because some of you are going to become more rich than you've ever imagined you can. You're going to get this right. Are you ready? You keep praying there. It's fine. Number one, money will no longer wake you up. You will set your alarm one hour before you have to wake up. I said money will no longer wake you up. You will set your alarm one hour before you wake up. When the alarm opens up and wakes you up, you will wake up because the Holy Ghost wants you to enter into His courts of praise. You will not get up to quickly walk and shower and get ready for work. No, you'll wake up an hour early and you'll wake up because the Lord is waking you up. After you've prayed, you will then pray this prayer. Lord, give me the power today and lead me to overcome in this world. Give me supernatural favor, give me sales, give me finances, give me business opportunities, and lead me. Then the Holy Ghost will lead you. So you will not be pursued to push for money. It will not be your God any longer. Your God will lead you now. Wait. When you go into the shop next time, or a car dealership, or you're going to buy a house. And the person says, you can't afford that. You tell that person, be quiet. Learn that. Say, be quiet. Say it loud. Say, be quiet. Then you tell that house, house, I'm coming back for you. Business premises, I'm coming back for you. Company, I'm coming back for you. New opportunities, I'm coming back for you. You don't walk away defeated. You're royalty, man. You're kings and priests. Kings don't retreat. 
Kings don't walk away. I don't care if they say no a thousand times. My prayer will get them to say yes. You still don't believe me. Okay. Let's go a little further. Are you ready? Are you sure you want to see this? I'm going to show you some power now. You, 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 you will see it. In the next couple of months, you will see a turnaround in your finances. And I'm not taking an offering. That's the pure thing here, you see? I'm just teaching you a principle. Money is no longer going to be our God. It will not tell us we can't preach there. Money will not tell us we can't build the building. Money will not tell us we can't fly over there. Money will not tell us we can't do nothing. Because we will tell it what to do. Fish! Are you ready for this? Fish! Swim to that shipwreck against your will. Look for a gold coin, fish. Against your nature, your natural nature, swallow the gold coin. Fish, swim to the shore. Fish, you see that bait on that hook? Bite it. So I can pull you out of the water, open up your mouth, and take money out. When Jesus said to his disciples, oh, you need to pay the taxes. Okay, fine. Just watch, go fish, and there will be a fish with a gold coin in its mouth. It is not natural for a fish <laughs> to swallow a gold coin. It was God commanding that fish to swallow money and to bring it to the apostles. That's how much power Jesus has got. Are you ready? Are you ready? As loud, um, they could call me dung name. I want you to say this loud. Say, fish! No, you must be louder. Say, fish! I command you. Go swim to that gold coin. Swallow it. Swim to me. Bite my hook so I can pull you up. Open your mouth and take out what belongs to me. If you understand that, if you understand that, you will understand this. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. Shall God no, not God, shall man bring to you. It doesn't say, press down, shaking together, running over, shall God add to your bosom. No, it says, press down, shaking together, shall man. Are you ready? 
Are you ready? Say men. I command you. Bring my stuff. You have to meet somebody who has a contract for you. You have to meet somebody that's an architect if you're a builder. You have to meet someone that is, an, uh, that is into civils. Or you have to meet someone that's in government. Or you have to meet somebody that's going to be in partnership with you. Someone has to come so that you can get to the next level in your business and your finances. So, are you watching this? Are you ready for this? Every one of you, are you blessed tonight? I'm not even preaching my message I was supposed to preach. I'm preaching this because this is what God wants to give you. He wants to show you something. Every one of you is, are pregnant. All of you are pregnant. Do you realize that? Tell your neighbor, I'm pregnant. Some of us are more pregnant than others. Past this two months, I'm like four months. So I'm closing my jacket. But <laughs> we're all pregnant with destiny. Do you agree that, prophet? Do you agree that? You, you, you're pregnant with destiny. Otherwise, there's a child that you must be birthing into the world, right? That child could be marriage, a successful home, which is great. Somebody say amen. That, that child could be a business venture. That child could be how to make investment with the money that you got from your pension so you can make it grow. That's also a supernatural anointing. You need, a, you need an anointing to be able to make the right investments. Amen. So there's a lot of things that you need to do. Many times you can't make those right investments unless you have the right people coming. Are you with me? You need the right people that have the wisdom to be able to appropriate your finances. You need the right accountants. You need the right lawyers if you're doing big business, right? Okay. Now, are you ready? All of you are pregnant and you're about to give birth to your destiny. Are you ready? Wise men. Follow that star to where I am. Wise men, bring my gold, bring my myrrh, bring my frankincense, find me, allocate me, GPS me. Are you ready? I want you to pray this. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, wise men, find me. Allocate me, Google me, GPS me, and bring my gold, bring my frankincense, bring my myrrh. I prophesy to you. I'm, yeah, you, you. I prophesy to you, Pastor Voter. Wise men will come into this church. Amen. I prophesy. Wise men, multi-millionaires, wise men. I mean, you've got some guys here, but I'm talking about really wealthy guys. will look for you because they saw your star. They will come in here. They will bring you gold, frankincense, and myrrh and say, listen, we want to give this to you because there's a baby being born. Otherwise, you birth new things in the spirit. Wise men will allocate you in your life. Pressed down, shaking together, running over, shall men add into your what? Your bosom. Now, how many people know what the bosom is? How many people do you know what the bosom is? Let me explain to you what the bosom is because it's very clear. I need to teach this. 
The mantle of God, the mantle that you had, the mantle that God has given you, um, it has a cloak that's, that looks pretty much like this. It goes all the way around. It goes all the way down here. Of course, it's by your feet. Now, the bosom is this part of the mantle. It's lifted up. That's the bosom of the mantle. And in the bosom of the mantle is where you put your seed. So when you go into the field to harvest, to sow your seed, all the seed goes into the bosom. And so you lift up the mantle, uh, and men add into the bosom of the mantle the seed. And then you go into the field and you start scattering the field, the seed. So you, you saw those pictures, amen? And that's the bosom. That's the bosom of the mantle, which means God will not cause people to give to your idea. He will cause people to give to the anointing on your life. So if you have a good idea, men cannot bring you good seed. But if you have a God idea, which is birthed by the anointing, which is birthed by the mantle of God, then God will cause men to find you. They will allocate you. They will listen to this word. They will job hunt you. Which means you won't even have to look for the job. They will look for you and say, no, we want you to come work for us. That's the anointing that is coming. Hallelujah. So you ready? Say, so are you, uh, this is going to be very, very, very difficult for you. Name. Say, are you ready for this? Say, money. money. No, louder. It's deaf. Say, money. money. I command you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You will no longer have power to tell me what I can and what I can't do. For the kingdom of God, you will no longer force me not to give. You see, the reason why people can't give their tithes and the reason why people can't give big offerings or good offerings is because money is saying, don't give me. It's not that God can't provide. The money in your pocket has a voice. So you have the voice of God here that says give. And you have the voice of mammon that says, no, don't, don't. I, I want to go to McDonald's. <laughs> so you are fighting two gods. You're fighting the God of heaven that wants you to give. And the God of this world that is stingy and saying keep it. So now you have to rule your money. So the next time you come to church and Pastor Voto says, give, give, and you've got a thousand rand in your pocket, <laughs> and God says, give the thousand rand, and the devil says, don't give the thousand rand, you must tell that money, hey, still, don't tell me what to do. I'm not going to obey you, I'm obeying God. As long as money has power to tell you what you can and what you can't do, it will be, have power to control your emotions. It will have power to destroy your marriage. Money can destroy marriage. Almost 90% of problems in marriage is financial. Because the finances are so bad that the husband and wife start fighting with each other because they don't know how to pay the bills. Like, Come on, guys. Let's be real. 
or the husband doesn't tell his wife how difficult it is, so he starts to withdraw himself. Amen, guys, let's talk. He withdraws himself to keep his house, you know. No, money will no longer have power, my friend. The kingdom of God is taken by force. It will no longer have power. On Monday morning when you wake up, you will tell it to come here. It will come to you. It will do what you tell it to do. Amen. So you ready? Authority in Jesus' name. How Don, how are you? How are you? All right, here we go. Money, I command you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you will no longer tell me what I can and what I can't do for my family, for my wife, for my husband, for my children. You will no longer tell me what school my children need to go to. Money, you will no longer tell me what suburb I need to live in. Money, you will no longer tell me what car I want to drive. Money, you will not tell me what kind of business I can have. I command you to submit to my God. My God is Jehovah Jireh, and He is my provider. Money, you submit. You submit. Go over there. You guys are not being aggressive. You need to do this with aggression. Say, go over there. Come on, get authority. This demon doesn't want to let go. Say, go over there. Tell the money, go over there. Buy that car. Bring it here. Some of you need to go to a car dealership. Go into that car dealership. Sit in that car. Because whatever you're driving is breaking down too many times. Go into that car dealership and say, I'm coming for you. Don't go anywhere. I'm coming for you. You guys don't believe me. A young guy, a young guy came to me, a young guy, just recently now. He came to me and he said, the Lord told him to sow. I said, what did the Lord say? The Lord said he must empty his bank account. Young guy. Earns about 5,000 rand a month. Young guy. So he emptied his bank account, Pastor. Gave his, I'll bring, uh, it's a testimony. Gave me his whole bank account. I looked at him and said to him, okay, let's pray this prayer. Money come. And he prayed the prayer like I prayed now. Sunday, he came up to me and he said to me, oh, prophet, ek weet nie wat aangaan nie, man. Afrikaans guy from Paro in Cape Town. I said, is that what's wrong? He said, yeah, man, I can't even stand here. Yo, my cop, I crap my cop, man. I said, what's going on, boy? He says, no, man, I had no money in my bank account. I get nix. But now I looked in my bank account, and there's 9,500 rand in my bank account, and I don't know where it came from. To lach ik I said, yo, I don't talk about miracle stuff, but I mean, I'm saying that God knows what he's doing. I mean, he knows exactly what he's doing. I said, that's yours. As far as I'm concerned, it's in your bank account, it's yours. He can't even trace it. He doesn't know where it comes from. It's not like he's going to go chase the guy and say, hey, you know, you put money in my account, you know what I'm saying? 
I don't know who put it in his account, but it's in his account. It's sovereign. It's supernatural. Prayed for his father. I said, the Lord bless you, sir. The Lord bless you. And then the father turned around and said, no, I'm going to buy you a, a, because he got tired of me talking without a mic, so he wanted to get me a lapel. So he bought me a lapel, the 5,000 rand lapel. And I prayed for him as well. Then he comes back to me, and, and he's, he's an echter, rechter, plus, you know those guys that they wear short pants and it's snowing? He's that kind of guy. He's like, he's strong, he's big, he's like this big. And he's, he looks at me and says to me, yo, 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 yo. I'm like, what, what's happening? He says, I don't understand. He says, if I'm going to Afrikaans. I said, what do you mean? He says, and I had this guy that disappeared for three years. He owed me like 250,000 rand. And he disappeared. But after you prayed, you said, Lord, I pray that whoever owes you money, that money will come back to you. That's a good prayer, eh? Well, what happened was the guy that owed him money couldn't sleep. He couldn't sleep. The whole weekend he couldn't sleep. I prayed on the Friday. The whole weekend the guy couldn't sleep. Because the Holy Spirit was trying to do something. Amen. Let me tell you something. God is a good debt collector. On the Monday, that guy phoned him up and said, I am so sorry. I owe you money. Can we meet at my office during this time and this day so I can sort out your payment? Come on, give the Lord a praise offering. Give the Lord a praise offering. And then... This specific guy, the same guy, um, has a farm, and he, he, he farms sheep for the, for the wool. And then the next day, he says to me again, he says, I said, what happened now? He said, no, a, a whole bunch of money just came into our farm account, and we don't know where it came from. I'm not talking about 10,000 or 20,000, I'm talking about a large amount. So I know that God is sovereign and supernatural, amen. And he can give you favor, amen. Supernatural favor. But what you got to do is, what you got to do is, you cannot let the spirit of mammon tell you what you can and what you can't do. Amen. You must tell it. I command you. You submit to me. This church needs to build a, a, a Sunday school. You know that, eh? I, I've been telling pastor, the trucks are coming. He's still looking. I'm looking. I'm seeing it. The trucks are coming, loaded with cement and loaded with bricks, and they're dropping it off. It, it, has, to, it has to submit. It has to submit. This is not even my message. You know that. I'm just trying to show you something in the spirit realm that we don't, have, we don't really have power. You with me? But you can have power. You can have supernatural power. I can tell you testimony after testimony of people. Who knows what's going to happen tomorrow in the next couple of days. Some of you guys are going to look at your bank account and go, hey, Pastor Voter, you won't believe it. This profits a man. But look at this. Payback time. Yeah. It's payback time. For every cent the devil robbed from us, it's payback time. Stop worrying about your finances. The Bible never teaches us to worry about finances. It says, do not be like the pagans or the unbeliever that worry about what they're going to eat or what they're going to wear. But look at the lily. It is clothed by God. And look at the sparrow. It is fed by God. 
The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things shall be added to you. We are trying to get things to be added to us, but we're not seeking the kingdom. Seek the kingdom, amen. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Seek the kingdom. When you find the kingdom, you're going to get everything else. So can I tell you another ridiculous story? How much time do I have? No, I can't. We just went through the whole night. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you another ridiculous story. I live by faith. Amen. Do you love me? Thank you, because I suffer from, no, I don't suffer from rejection. <laughs> I used to, but then I met this church. Amen. No. Um, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I hate the word I, um, but I'll go over here to the prophet so she can understand this. Um, I don't have an income. All right, so let me explain to you how that works. Okay? Can I explain to you how it works? Okay? I don't work for a boss. I don't have a local church that gives tithes and offerings. So I, I don't collect tithes and offerings, and I don't, are you with me? I live by faith. Now, that's a pretty radical thing to say that you live by faith, okay? Because let me explain to you something quickly. If, for example, this man and this man and this man and this man, they are sowing to you, then you need to be able to go to them and say, thank you so much for contributing to our well-being. So it's God working with man. You're with me, right? But when you work by faith, there's, there's, there's very little that can happen because you don't have a local church, you don't have tithes and offerings. So you really have to trust God. Every, every moment of your life, you're going, to trust, you're going to really trust God. So about four years ago, I needed a car. I needed a car. Four years ago. It's pretty cool. And I prayed about it. I said, Lord, I really need a car. And, you know, God didn't want to give me a car for a long time, so I was using other people's cars. Eventually, a gentleman came to me and he said to me, look, I need to take you somewhere. And he got me in his car and he took me to Elantre, uh, not Elantre, to Hyundai. And he said, choose a car. And I said, I can't choose a car. I mean, what's going on here? He said, okay, well, let's just choose this one. And he chose an Elantre, a 2014 Elantre, brand new. Amen. Somebody say Amen. And then he swiped his card. <laughs> it's like, yo, it's like, okay, that's pretty cool. I mean, who swipes the card for like 300,000? You know, just well, 200,000, 280,000. Swipe the card with him, see? So swipe the card, and then he said, okay, the card's yours, and then he left. And that was pretty cool. I thought that was pretty cool. Someone say, amen. So like I drove the car for a bit, and then I've been traveling and ministering, and then I go to a church, and I'm busy preaching in this church, pastor, and I'm asking for my son, Elijah, and I'm saying, where's my son, Elijah? And of course, Pastor Jeff says to me, Prophet Jeff, one of my other sons, he says, Elijah can't get you because he hasn't got a car. Now that's the last thing you say to a prophet, that's the last thing. You see, this is when you start to have this fight between the God of Mammon and Jehovah God Almighty. Because at that point, Jehovah God Almighty, amen, stood next to me and said to me, well, he doesn't have a car and he needs one, so give him your car. I mean, it's a four-year-old car. 
176,000 rand. I mean, that's a good trading, don't you think? Are you with me? So now Mammon is standing next to me and saying to me, uh, don't give it. You need it. You can't walk. You can't fly. You're not an angel. You don't have wings. And I'm hearing God saying, give it, man. Just give it. I'm like, God, are you God? Yes, I know you are. So the thing about God is, he thinks he's God. He, 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 I'm serious. If you work for him, it's hard. It's not nice. It's not nice working for God. It's really not nice working for God. These young guys are so like, oh, this guy, Yako, he wants to work for God. He's like so excited. Ah, oh, we'll do something for God. It's like, do you know what kind of a boss you're going to have? Let me help you. Number one, your boss will always be right. And you will always be wrong. Your boss will cut your salary whenever he wants to. Your boss will make you eat manna in the desert. No chicken licking. No Nando's, just white flakes. It's like having flakes, corn flakes, every day for 40 years. What's the boss that you're gonna work for? And imagine that, having corn flakes, 40 years. What are we gonna have for breakfast? Ah, let me think. Uh, omelet manner. What are we gonna have for breakfast? Ah, scrambled manner. Oh, yeah. It's bread. And so I tell Prophet Jeff, I say, Prophet Jeff, um, I feel in my heart that I need to give this car to Prophet Elijah because it's not right for my son to battle to preach the gospel. So Prophet Jeff gets excited. Ah, praise God, that's a wonderful thing to do. It's like, are you serious? Are you serious? So I go home, I drive the car. As I'm driving the car, the Lord is saying, hey, hey this is not your car. <laughs> I'm driving the car, I'm like, what? I hear God saying, this is not your car. It's like he's like joking with me. You know, God has got a personality. This is not your car. Ah. I'm like, ah. you think you're God, eh? The thing about God is he is God. So when I got home, the Lord said to me, well, it's not your car. So I said, what must I do about it now? If I give the car, what do I do? He says, no, no, just go to the dealership. I said, God, please, can you please Stop acting like you know everything. <laughs> I mean, I really do talk to God like this. This is really me. I talk to God like this. I even talk to God on the toilet. I am serious. Some of the greatest revelations I've ever got was on the toilet. I'm telling you. Then you get excited, but you can't go anywhere. You know? You want to just get up and just start writing the revelation, but you can't. You have to wait the process. You know, press down, shaking together, you know. Now every demon leaves your body. All that unclean spirits, they're just going. <laughs> they're just leaving your body. Don't be upset with me. I've just been through that process the whole day. I mean, I've been taking these emodiums. I don't know. I, I think 
I, I, I own the factory already. Yo. Praise God. Just being real, guys. And so I go to this car dealership. I go to the car dealership. And I think to myself, yo, I can't afford a car here. So I see like a Mercedes-Benz, Pastor. It's like 200,000 rand Mercedes-Benz. It's not a lot of money, but it is. You understand? For me, it is. It's like a lot of money. And I'm thinking, okay, you know what? I'll get the Mercedes-Benz. I'll ask them to do this one. It's a bit older. Maybe I can get away with that one. You know, it's not too bad, the payments. So, Pastor, what I do is I go to the dealership. I tell the guy, hey, I'm really looking for a car because I'm going to give away my 2014 model for a 2011 Mercedes-Benz, which is less than the car I'm driving. Well, but the Bible says he that follows the, the wise men follow the star. So I'm thinking that there's a star on the bonnet of the Mercedes-Benz. So surely, you know, surely if, if I buy the Mercedes-Benz, I'll be a wise man. I'll be following a star. I mean, unlike you guys that have BMWs. So, so I tell the man, listen, I really want this car. He says, no problem. And we're walking past, and we walk past the Toussaint, Toussaint, like 250,000, 240,000, that Pacific ones and, and, and whatever it is there, whatever. And he says, what do you think about these? And I, no, I don't want to be embarrassing. So I said, oh, these are nice. You know what I'm saying? I said, oh, come sit in it. So I sit in the car. And I'm like, I'm, like, I'm wondering, why, why am I sitting in the car? I want to get the Mercedes Benz. And I don't know what this guy was on about, but he started talking to me about the car. I said, yeah, I like it. It's lovely, blah, 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 blah. He said, well, you, know, want, you want me to apply for finance? I said, yeah. And I'm laughing. <laughs> Because you have to have a job to apply for finance. You gotta have a you you gotta have a monthly income, don't you? Don't you have to have a monthly income? Am I right? Uh, I, I agree. I don't have a monthly income. I don't know what's going on. Are you with me? You got eighty-five. I told you I got eighty-one rand in my bank account. I don't know what's happening. You know, I'm not panicking. Trust me. You guys have got gray hair. You guys are panicking because you've got 800,000 in your bank account. Don't panic. Relax. Just have power to tell money what to do. Don't let it make you oppressed and depressed. Are you with me? Don't let it give you a nervous breakdown. You have a fit of carnality because money is telling you you're not going to have enough. Uh-uh. I know a God. I know a God who owns a cattle on a thousand hill. I know a God that says the silver and the gold is mine. Somebody say amen. Believe your God. Amen. Believe him. So I said, okay, yeah, I'll just apply for it. And I did it like this, bro. I did it like this. Oh, yeah, I'll just apply for it. There's no problem. Just talk to me. Phone me. And I'm walking around saying, ah, you know, I have to figure out something else. Maybe I can get a, I don't know, trust God. Well, the next guy, the phone, guy phones me up. But now I'm still driving this other guy's car. Are you with me? I'm still driving this other guy's car. Are you blessed yet? I'm going to show you why. Because if you want to be prophetic, you must listen. And there's no way you're going to become strong in the prophetic without obeying. You have to listen. And so I'm driving this other guy's car. I go back to the other meeting. I'm preaching the gospel. I see prophet Elijah. And I, and I say to him, hey, Elijah, here's your car. It's, this is your car. But I'm just borrowing it, if you don't mind, until I can sort out something. And Elijah looks at me and says, hey, thank you so much for the car. It's cool. I said, yeah, it's wonderful. Just, uh, I'm just borrowing it. Well, the next day I get a phone call. The guy says, you know, um, your, 
um, I don't know how powerful God is, but I reckon he's pretty powerful. The guy phones me back. He says to me, they approved your finance. No, this is me, right? This is me. The guy says, they approved your finance. I say, just hold on a minute. Take the phone. I said, sir, um, are you serious? They approved my finance. Yes, they approved your finance. Just hold on for five seconds. <laughs> hey, God, what did you do? I said, well, that's exciting. So he said, well, come in. Come in so that we can sign, so that we can go further. I said, Okay, so I take a borrowed car, which is the car I gave away. I drive to the dealership, and I'm standing in front of the Mercedes-Benz, and I'm saying, yo, oh, this is very nice. I can live with this. The dealer comes and says to me, hey, Mr. Lowe, how are you doing? I said, no, I'm fine. I'm just excited about this. He says, oh, it's, um, what do you mean, Mr. Lowe? I said, well, I'm excited about this Mercedes-Benz. He says, what do you mean, Mercedes-Benz? I said, the 200,000 Rand Mercedes-Benz that I've been approved for? He says, oh, I'm so sorry, sir. I made a mistake. This is the face you get when God makes a mistake. Watch. When God makes a mistake, God never makes mistakes, remember? The guy said he made, a, he made a mistake. I said, what's the mistake? He said, no, I applied for the Tucson, the 350,000 Rand car. I said, what? <laughs> this is me. Just hold on. All these people crazy. I don't have an income. I don't get a salary. I don't have a salary slip. <laughs> they approved it. So I told him, how much is the payment? Like 6,200 bucks every month. I'm like, 6,200 bucks every month. I said, okay, I'll, I'll talk to you because the God of Mammon is standing here saying to me, you can't afford this. Can you imagine that? You can't afford this. God of Mammon is saying, you can't afford this. And you know what? He's probably right. But there's a difference between fact and truth. And so I tell him, I'll, I'll call you just now. I am nervous, man. Because, you know, I have a budget. Are you with me? And 6,000 rand on that budget when you're living by faith can become quite scary after a while. Do you understand? 
That's why you must become lawyers and attorneys. Are you with me? And earn big bucks. Are you with me? Stay away from the ministry. Don't be like these guys. <laughs> these guys who go to Bible school and they want to go and do God's work. There's something wrong with their brain cells. The guy that comes up, where's the Yaku, the other one? Uh, we got young guys, oh, I want to serve the Lord. Pastor, the Lord, I feel the Lord has called me. I'm like, are you serious? Hey, Pastor, that's fun, eh? That's fun. So I go home and I start praying. I say, God, what do I do? And then the Lord said to me, but you, you preach it, now you don't want to live it. So I stood in my room. Are you ready for this? I stood in my room and I said, God of mammon, I command you to submit to Jehovah God Almighty. You will not tell me what I can and what I can't do. I'm driving through Mapumalanga, Limpopo, there's potholes. That Mercedes-Benz will be dead. It's low profiled. That 4 by 4 is what we need. Now, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, I command you, you submit to me. And you do what God wants you to do. You will not tell me what I can and what I can't do. I said, money, come here. About an hour later, my phone rang. I'm living this thing. An hour later, my phone rang, and a guy phoned me up, and he said to me this. He said, Prophet Andre, is that you? And I said, yeah, it's me. As far as I know, I'm still new. He says, the Lord spoke to me. I said, is that right? Now, that can be two things, amen. It can be bad or good. Uh, he said, the Lord spoke to me. I said, well, what did the Lord say? And the Lord, and the, he said, no, the Lord said to me that I must give you every month 3,000 rand. Every month. I must place 3,000 rand in your account every month. I said, is it? Now, I know in the back of my head, my spirit is saying, you heard from God. Are you with me? But I'm like, okay. And then I said, for how long? He said, no, the Lord said I must do it for like over 60 months, which is the payments. I'm going, okay, thank you. So I pray a bit more. The next morning I wake up, another guy phones me up. He says, I can't sleep. I said, okay, what's the problem? Now I'm thinking, well, this is like the demons are attacking the guy. So I get phone calls like different times. He said, no, the Lord spoke to me. I said, well, what did the Lord say to you? He said, no, the Lord said to me that for the next five years, I must put 3000 in your bank account. I said, are you serious? That's six grand. That's, come on, give all the praise offering. No one knew Pastor Voter. No hints, none of that witchcraft, none of that junk. It was just sovereign and supernatural. Are you with me? And those payments are paid now. Every month it's paid. I'm not even worried about it. Praise God. Glory to Jesus. God is bigger than what you want. And God is more than enough. Amen. And God wants to bless his children. I hope you're getting a revelation of this. God wants to bless his children. He wants to bless his children. He wants to bless his children. He wants to bless his children. God wants to bless you. You know, the Bible says, shall a man rob God? Have you ever thought about that, Pastor Voter, what it actually means? When God says, shall a man rob God? But yet you rob me in tithes and offerings. You know what he's actually saying? How do you rob someone that owns everything? Have you ever thought about that, church? How do you rob God? If, if God owns a cattle and a thousand hill, Dad, he owns everything. How do you rob him? You can't. 
So the Bible says, shall a man rob God? Otherwise, you have the power to rob me. And I asked the Lord one day in prayer, I said, Lord, how are we robbing you? You know what the Lord told me? He said, you can't rob me financially because I own everything. You're robbing me of relationship. I couldn't figure that out. He said, you are robbing me of relationship. Otherwise, I want to be your father, right? And I want to bless you as a father. But because you are not giving, I am now um, robbed from being a father to you. You are robbing me of the opportunity of blessing you. You are robbing me of the opportunity of lavishing you with good and beautiful things. Isn't it amazing? So I want to have this thing with you where I can be such a blessing to you that because you're not giving, you see this? You rob me of the opportunity of being your Abba Father. So stop robbing me of relationship. Give and do these things so that you and I can have this relationship thing so I can open the windows of heaven and give you all the stuff I want to give you. God doesn't want to hold back from you. He wants to bless you. See, the one thing God doesn't have is this. God owns everything. There's one thing God doesn't own. Do you know that? He doesn't own your free will. He owns the earth, the cattle on a thousand hill. He owns the universe, but he doesn't own your free will. Your free will belongs to you. It's, God can't just come and force your free will. Your free will is your heart condition. That's the thing that God's looking for. He's not, I promise you, the church is missing it a little bit here. God is not after tithes and offerings. He's after the heart. He only uses tithes and offerings to find your heart. Sometimes you'll spend 10 years with you until you get to a point where you can give God the full 10%. Are you with me? And he'll never leave you nor forsake you. I know people say, oh, you're cursed. I'm sorry, my, my God cannot curse what he loves. I'm not going to curse you. You're not under judgment. Are you with me? You're under fellowship. You're under growth. He knows you're a baby. He knows. Even though you've been serving the Lord for 20 years, you're still a baby. He knows that. And because you're a baby, don't be offended, Okay. And because you're a baby, you can't give God 10%. You only give God 3 or 4%. God doesn't judge you. He sees you as a child. Then one day you grow up. And sometimes it takes 20 years to grow up. Sometimes it takes 30 years to grow up. But God's not going to just throw you out. He's a loving God. Amen. It took me time before I could understand these principles. I didn't wake up one morning, get saved, and say, okay, now God, I'm going to give you 10%. Are you with me? I had to grow. And sometimes, you know what? It takes time to grow. Some people grow quickly, some people grow longer. It just depends on how big the tree is going to be. But when you give, it's not, it's not. God is not about the money, man. He's <laughs> not about the money. He can get a fish to get a coin. Are you with me? He can take a little boy's two fish and five loaves, mommy. He has enough power to take five loaves and two fish and multiplied and feed 4,000 people. He can do it. He's God. He showed he can do it. He did it more than once. He does it all the time. He takes a prophet. He goes to a widow. Not a wealthy man. He goes to a widow. Isn't it amazing? Prophets love widows. 
A true prophet will find a widow. A false prophet will look for the richest man in the church. Goes to a widow and he says, give me the lost flower, give me the lost oil. And then supernaturally, the flower overflows and the oil overflows. So God knows how to make something out of nothing. The first miracle Jesus did was a financial miracle. Because they had run out of wine. There was no money to buy good wine maybe. I don't know what happened, but it was gone. There was just, so he got some water together and he takes the water and he turns it into wine. Which the Cape Town guys will be very happy about. And he turns this water into wine, and that wine was worth a lot of money. It was very important. In fact, the master of the banquet turned around and said, this is the most expensive stuff, because he was saying it was the best. So God is elaborate in his giving. He's elaborate in the way that he can bless us. Amen. He's elaborate. I mean, God is ridiculously elaborate. Oh, my God. He's ridiculously elaborate. He, he can do stuff. Solomon is so wealthy. He's so rich, my God. Yet God will still get the queen of Sheba to get chariots of gold and bring chariots of gold to, the, to, to Solomon and say to Solomon, we've heard about your greatness and we just want to give you some more. Somebody say, I'll take that. The queen of Sheba must bring our gold, amen. And the wise men, do you think they brought like, you know, you, Sunday morning, Sunday, Sunday church, uh, myrrh and Sunday school <laughs> frankincense and Sunday school gold in the hand. My friend, if they were going to bring that much gold and that much frankincense and that much myrrh, why would they need a caravan? Why would they need over 200, maybe up to 200 camels, one wise man, huh? to come all the way through Arabia and Persia and different places. The theologians at the back, they will tell us exactly. Amen. My brother at the back will tell us exactly where they came from. Some say they're from this area, from that area. And they brought not a small amount, enough finances to hide Jesus for 13 years in the most expensive real estate companies of Asia at that time. And that was Egyptian real estate. So think about that for a moment. If Jesus was two years old, there was enough. Remember, when he was born, he was born in a manger. When the wise men came, he was in the inn. So the boy was about two years old maybe, or a year, eight months, all right? He was being weaned. When the wise men gave him the finances, they left to go to the most expensive. That's like going to Hollywood. Going to, to the most expensive area. What's the most expensive area in this area? Constantia Clure for some? Vatakluf, it's like going to Vatakluf. Now you're going to go live in Santon. Are you with me? But you were born in Soweto. Are you with me, guys? You're getting what I'm saying? That's how much finances came. God is not weak at giving. I mean, Jesus had so much wealth that even the garment he was wearing on the day they killed him was so precious that the centurion said, Let us not tear it to pieces because it's too valuable. Where did that money come from? He never took an offering once. Is it, am I right, sir? I'm scared of the guy at the back because he, he knows the Bible. I'm getting confirmation at the back there, amen? But I don't see once did Jesus say, let's take an offering. I know he had a tax collector. Are you with me? 
that ran the money, and I know he turned to them and said, go buy them bread. So to buy bread for all those thousands of people, that's a lot of money. So Jesus wasn't broke. Are you listening to me, church? <laughs> he wasn't broke. And when he got the gold coin out of it, maybe he just didn't have money that day on him. I don't know, maybe the, so he just, you know, let's just get a fish. It's not like he didn't get Jonah whale. I mean, he, he is God after all. Am I, am I getting it to you guys right now? You're getting a revelation. You cannot leave this building tonight and remain in a position where money is telling you. There's two voices. The voice of God is a prophetic voice, and Manon has a voice as well. If you can hear the voice of Satan, why are you not hearing the voice of God? The voice of Satan says, don't tithe. That's the voice. It's a voice. It tells you, don't give. Hold back. You're hearing the demonic world. And then you tell me you can't hear God. No, you are hearing God, but you're rejecting it. Because the thing that God tells you to do is always kafalak. Somebody say amen. amen. So I gave the car away. I'm now driving it to Son. Amen. Because I submitted to God. Can I tell you one more story, please? And then we're going to pray a corporate prayer of anointing. And your tithe base in this church will triple and double. Amen. You see, people that can't tithe are people that don't have money. If you're only earning a thousand rand, to give a hundred rand is difficult. You see, we're tithing, the problem with tithing is, if you're earning a thousand rand, to give a hundred rand is difficult. If you're earning a hundred thousand rand, to give ten thousand rand is not difficult because you still have ninety thousand. So the key, therefore, is if you want to tithe, make money. That's the key. If you want to tithe really good, make money. Like, make it. Anoint your people to make money. Because when your guy's earning 200,000 rand or 180,000 rand, for him to give 18,000 rand, it, it doesn't affect him. He's still got 40,000 to pay his bond. He's still got 20,000. You, know, you know what I'm saying? It only affects you when you don't have. So what we've got to do is we break that thing and we ask God to anoint you, amen, with multi-million ideas, amen, with businesses that overflow. If you are happy with your income right now, you're in trouble. If you are happy with your income right now, I pray that you will become frustrated with your income right now. Because whenever you are happy with something, you become passive in your thinking. Don't think passive. Nothing stops you from working for a company and owning your business. Nothing. There's nothing that stops any person here from working for a boss and having your own company running at the same time. Nothing stops you from doing that. Nothing stops you, Yaku, nothing, except the limitation. I want to share something to you. I, I don't know if I want to share it. I feel like I don't know if I should share it. Okay, convince me to share my heart with you tonight. Convince me. I, 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 want, I want this to be real. I want, I want this to be real. Tonight is, is like a, it's like a, it's more like a, it's a different type of meeting. Are you with me? It's more of an intimate type of time. But I, 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 need, to sh I need to share this with you. Because I believe with all my heart that 
the way people have paraded about money in the house of God has become an abomination. It's become so ugly. You know how you know it's ugly when you invite someone and you say to somebody, would you like to come to church? And the first thing they say to you is, oh, the church is just after money. How many people know what I'm talking about? Lift your hands, wave it. Whoa. Whoa. That's ridiculous. As a prophet, that hurts my heart to know that my father's house is seen as a place of filth and merchandise. And my Lord Jesus walked into the temple with a whip and he whipped them up because he said you were making money out of this holy thing. This is not a business where we make money. This is a place where we worship God. And so it's important that we get this right. Amen. Hey, what do you say? Do you know what I, I teach pastors? I teach pastors this, and maybe you'll learn from an old man. Don't stand on a Sunday morning and teach people about tithing. Don't you know, teach on tithing. Because somebody might walk into that church that is looking for Jesus. And you might offend them out the kingdom. Rather bring them together in spiritual growth lessons. Are you with me? In smaller groups. You now know they're committed to the church. Then you teach them on giving. You teach them on tithing. Rather get your home style leaders and you, to teach them, your, your group leaders, the, the leader of the worship team, to teach the worship team privately. Listen, this is why we give in tithes. And, are you with me? Make it that intimate. Or rather talk to somebody one-on-one -on -one and say, hey, I just want to share with you, this is what the kingdom of God says. And walk them through the journey. Sometimes we just need to, are you listening to me? I wanted to hear God's voice so badly. I was sharing with Yaku and some of the guys around the fire. I wanted to hear God's voice so badly. I wanted to hear the voice of God. I wanted to, because God told me to be a prophet, so I wanted to hear the voice of God. So I searched for the voice all the time. I remember when I first got saved, I remember walking past this person that was hungry. And as I walked past this person that was hungry, I felt this thing, buy them a loaf of bread, they're hungry. And I went into the shop, I didn't think much of it. I bought a loaf of bread, took the loaf of bread and I gave it to the person. I said, here you are, here's a loaf of bread. The person said, thank you so much, I've been praying. The person said, thank you so much, I've been praying, I'm so hungry, I haven't eaten. I walked away and I heard the Lord saying, you see, you heard my voice. I stopped. The first time I heard God's voice, can you believe it? I stopped and I said, what do you mean? That's the voice of God? And God said to me, yes. You see, the first way God tests you in hearing is in the area of giving. It's only when you give that you know you've heard. You, know, you might be sitting here on a Sunday morning, just minding your own business. And God might say to you, just take that scripture in Jeremiah, write it on a piece of paper, and go take it to that young man. And that act of just giving that scripture means you've heard. When that young man opens that scripture, he says, how oh, about this is what I needed. You don't know how much power you've got. You might come here on a Sunday and think that you're not important, and there might be a young guy. This guy, this guy might just need, you know, he might just need a hug. And you might just come over here. You might just, 
you know, walk that Sunday, grab you like your family, and grab and and you give the guy a hug and just say, Hey, I just bless you. And we don't know what he's faced. Maybe he just needed a father's hug. Are you with me? They just needed a hug. And that's like a prophecy to you. That's like the word of God. So we know that the act of giving causes God to multiply. Somebody say amen. So in every area, whenever we hear God, when we hear God, then we know that God is speaking to us. And so my life is a little bit difficult because God was training me up to be a prophet. So that means that God was commanding me to do some strange things. I was telling the guys last night, there was a day when the Lord was, I was driving my car, minding my own business. I was in Neville McDonald's church, Dr. Fred Roberts' son-in-law, and I was driving my car, and I was driving my car, and I had a hundred rand in my pocket. And the Lord said to me, uh, when I got to the stop street, the Lord said to me, take the hundred rand out and put it on the stop street with a brick. And I said, first of all, Satan, I rebuke you. I rebuke you. And I kept on hearing this impression that the Holy Spirit was telling me on the inside of me, take the hundred rand and put it on the stop street. So I got out the car, found the brick, put it on the stop street. I looked at the hundred rand. In those days, a hundred rand was a lot of money. It was a lot. I'm telling you, it was like a thousand rand. I said, goodbye. Got in the car and I drove away. I forgot about it, of course. I thought maybe God was just testing me to see if I was obedient. Amen. About two, two months later, there was testimony time in the church. And a group of people got up onto the church, onto the platform, and they began to testify about how they came to Jesus. And I was listening to all the testimonies. It was wonderful until this gentleman got up there. And he said these words. He says, I drove past this church all the time. But one day, one day, I drove past the church. I had no money at all. My petrol tank was empty. I said these words. If the God of this church is real, then God, you must provide for me money. If you provide for me money, I will go in that church and give my life to God. Then he drove to a stop street. And he looked down, and there was a brick. And under the brick was a hundred rand. He got out the car, took the hundred rand out, and said, next Sunday I'll go to church. The next Sunday he came to the house of God. He gave his life to Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, God doesn't make greatness without giving. Am I right, Pastor Voter? Sacrifice. He causes us to make sacrifice. If you want a strong anointing, you have to give. And so that man got saved. It was wonderful. During that same time, um, I was married to a, a wonderful woman. It's a long story. You don't have to know all my business. I was married to a wonderful woman. And, um, and in that massive auditorium of 2,000 people, I had 20 rand. I, I, I got married very young. Like, I was like maybe younger than you. How old are you, like 21? Oh, no. And uh, I had 20 rand in my pocket. And my, the instruction was to, to, give, to give the woman in my life her dignity because it was that time of the month. 
now, I, know, I know this is very emotional, but I'm going to share it because I've got nothing to lose. If you're dead, you're dead. You're with me. I'm dead. I've been killed a thousand times. I'm still alive. I don't know how it works. And um, 20 rands in my pocket, man of God. And God wants to make me this prophet. I'm supposed to be this international prophet. And Kim Clement is mentoring and, and Tim Whitson and Tim Sherman and Bill Hammond. All these prophets are all there helping me. You're with me, growing me. And I'm sitting in a church in Bible school, Christian International Bible School with Bill Hammond. And I'm sitting in the church. I'm in the second row in the front. I'm working my way to the front, you see. And uh, I've got this 20 rand in my pocket. And I'm supposed to buy the special stuff that you buy for a woman that one time of the month when she manifests as demons. I apologize, but it's the truth. All the men know what I'm talking about. It's like you don't know what you're doing. You're doing nothing. That thing just... It's like a Michael Jackson thriller. It's like, what? The day before, it's like, the day before you're walking hand in hand, it's like... The next day, it's like, it's like, for years, I never knew what was going on until I looked at the calendar. What a revelation. I've got like four daughters. That's like, that's really bad. <laughs> It's just really bad because there's no room you can go to. You can't. Ah, ah. It's like, where do you go? You find a toilet. Hide in the toilet for three days. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. You're in the same boat, bro. <laughs> Voters going, amen, amen, it's true, it's raw, it's raw. It's like, it's like that's, when it's, that's when you tell your wife, I just uh, feel the Lord is telling me right now to just to go and fast and pray in the mountains. <laughs> amen. <laughs> you know how many times I've prayed? You know how many times I've prayed? Yo, you know how many times I've prayed that one of my friends just picked me up, just pick me up and take me to, to, to cricket. I don't even like cricket, but I'll sit there. I'll get back to my story. You know, I was Catholic. And being, being saved as a Catholic, we're just having fun, guys. You know, when you're, you're Catholic, it's lovely. It's like being in here. You know, being in here and being Catholic is wonderful. Because you can go to church... And you can time it in such a way that you can go home and watch the rugby. Am I right, guys? Because you know it's going to be like 30 minutes of this, 20 minutes of this. You go home. It's fine. Catholic's fun. Being a Catholic is awesome. You get to watch all the soccer, all the rugby games. Because you know rugby starts at 10 o'clock. Are you with me? And by that time you're out. So you go to church at 7 o'clock. It's wonderful. You go to church at 7 o'clock. Hello, Salve Maria. And whatever you're doing. And It's wonderful. Nothing wrong with the Catholics. They, they're lovely people. Amen. Nothing wrong with the Catholics. They love God, love God. And then you're out of church. You go home, put the TV on, and there's the rugby. And then I got saved. 
Then I got saved. And that messed it all up. Because now I go to church, and you sing, and sing, and sing, and the rugby starts. And then the guy would preach, preach, and the rugby is still going on. My friends are Catholic. They're watching the rugby. They're having fun. They're brying. They're having a great time. I'm in church. Then they're closing. Then they're closing again. No, they're coming to an end now. They're closing again. And then somebody manifests, and everybody's praying. And I'm like, please take that person out. Get them out. Being Pentecostal is hard work. Four hours in church. It's not biblical. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> this church is worth seven to seven. <laughs> four hours in church, pastor, from a Catholic. Then I get born again, I go, four hours to church. I get out of, I get out of church. The guys are finished watching the rugby. I don't know what happened. There was no phones those days. If there were phones those days, I could at least sit there and quickly Google. And it's cool because it looks like a Bible nowadays. So you could be watching YouTube and like, yes, amen, pastor. <laughs> watching the cricket. Yeah, you guys, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Back to my story, amen. I've got this 20 rand in my pocket. God wants to make me this profit. It's all I've got. It's the dignity for my family. I'm supposed to go to clicks. Are you with me? And get that stuff. You know what I'm talking about. And the Lord says to me, give the 20 rand. And I'm saying, Satan, I rebuke you. You will not take my dignity away at all. I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to. You know, when I started the ministry, I was living in the backyard of my grand's place. Okay? That 20 rand was supposed to give me the dignity I needed. And it was supposed to buy lunch, a little bit of lunch. Are you with me? When I first started preaching the gospel, it was so tough. I used to fast a lot. I was very thin. Because I would rather fast and let my family eat. Do you understand? It was very difficult in the beginning. And uh, the Lord says, give the 20 rand. I'll never forget it. It's not how much you give, it's the heart. And I said, God, I can't do it. I can't do it. And um, the offering bucket went past me. I felt God lifting off me. They started walking to the back of a 2,000 auditorium, and my heart kept on saying, give the 20 rand. I said, God, I can't do it. I just, it's just, uh, no, I just, Lord, you, you can ask me anything, but just don't ask me that, because that would be my manhood disappearing. There's something about men, amen, we want to provide, don't we? The 20 rand is... And I remember they took the offering to the back and I got so convicted about this 20 rand, I shouted, stop. In a massive church of 20,000, 22 people, 22,000 people, 2,000 people. And I went to the back and I put that 20 rand in that offering bucket. And I felt like the anointing lifted, like gone, disappeared. That whole service, I can't remember what the preacher was preaching on. I had just given my 
train fare from Otri to, um, to Wetton away. I would have to walk home. That would be a two-hour walk. I would have to tell the woman that I love that I don't have the thing for her dignity. This is how God strips you when you want to be called. And um, when the service had ended, it was my job to pack 2,000 chairs. That was my, my job. That's how I got into the ministry, by packing chairs. Today, we can't even get a generation to pack one chair. They ran out. I used to be the guy praying, Lord, let there not be a move of God, please. And then when a move of God would come, the chairs would fly all over the place. We had those plastic chairs. And I would say, oh, God, please, let there not be a move of God. And there would always be a move of God. Whenever I prayed, God, let there not be a move of God, there would be this. And so that specific Sunday, there was a move of God. The chairs were all over the place. So I couldn't ask anybody for a lift at home because everybody had left the building. And only um, Pastor Etchen today, who's still with me, can you believe it, and myself were left in that building, Pastor Vota. And I packed 2,000 chairs that were skewed with a string, a rope, put the rope down, and then pack it straight. Because Pastor Neville was strict, and then a rope, pack them straight. And I remember walking through and saying, Lord, let there just be a five rand laying on the floor. A five rand. You want to know about the prophetic? This is the best way to know about the prophetic. And five rand on the floor. If I could just get a five rand, I could always just take it and, and use it for a train to get you know, home and come back. Because I would have to go... To, by the time I got home, I'd have to come back for the evening service. And that's like, and everybody's left the building. You know what I'm saying? I can't ask anybody. Well, there was no five rand. There was no five rand. At that point, I hated God. Have you ever hated God? I mean, seriously, get so angry with God that you have a fight? I always lose. And I had a fight with God, and I said, God, I don't want to be called. I think you're mean. I think you're unfair. I think you have taken all of my dignity away as a young man, and now you're the one that told me to do this thing. You're the one that told me to go to Bible school, and now I'm giving away my dignity. And now I've got to walk home. So I closed the whole church up, and... Uh, went outside and as I got outside a little old lady I love grannies in a beetle a beetle she came driving into the church and she got out her beetle and she said Andre I'm so glad you're still here I said Ma what's wrong did you leave something behind she said no I drove all the way home and when I got home I remember seeing you packing chairs and when I got home, the Lord said to me, take that 50 rand out of the biscuit tin. And, and take it and give it to that young man and tell him, thank you, young man, for looking after us. That little granny gave the last that she had. Give the Lord a praise offering, if you don't mind. We're almost closing. We're almost there. You see, what you see is an anointing, but what you don't see is the price. 
They don't see that. They don't see the pain both the you and God had to go through or the times we didn't know how you were going to get through. That's what makes us. Unfortunately, I've got a little bit more battered. And so I had this 50 rand. I got on the, on the, tr on the train, go home. And I got home and I had this dignity. Are you with me? This, this dignity. It was back. And I was thanking God. I said, thank you, God, so much that you, you, you see, that 20 rand was not, I've given God a, a million. I've given God millions already. But that 20 rand was the seed of my destiny. Yako, you must listen. That was the seed of my destiny. Otherwise, that was the one time that God cracked me. And it wasn't the most amount of money. It was all I had. And I went home, and I told Hazel, I said, listen, this is, this is what we got here. And of course, we rejoiced. And we had just fasted for a week because it was tough. So I asked her, what would you like? And her favorite at that time was macaroni and cheese. Macaroni and cheese was her favorite. And I said to her, okay, I'm going to go and get the ingredients for macaroni and cheese so we can have a beautiful meal. Then I'm going to sort you out. And what else do you need I'm going to get for you? 50 rand was a lot. And then the phone, the, the, the door, there was a knock at the door. And when I opened the door, there was a young lady who is now a missionary. She was a missionary all over the world. And at that time, she was in Bible school with me. And she was at the door. And when I saw her, I, I said, um, how are you doing? And she said, you know, um, the Lord told me today I, I must not go to church. I said, the Lord rebuked you. God would never say don't go to church. She said, no, but the Lord told me not to go to church. Can I see you? I said, God, come inside. I said, why didn't you go to church? She said, the Lord told me to stay at home and to cook you and Hazel Macaroni and cheese. Sure. There I was at church, moaning like a spoiled child, thinking God would forsake me, thinking God would not let, let me down because of that 20 rand, thinking that I could not trust him. And all that time, that I was moaning while I was packing those chairs and not listening to that sermon, he had already provided. He had already provided. And then she gave Hazel this bag. I'll never forget it, man. You're with me. Clicks bag. And she says, this is for you. And in that bag, was everything a woman would ever need during that time when the monster comes out? Toothpaste, toothbrushes, you name it, deodorant, perfumes, everything that a woman would need was all in that bag. God had told this girl, I want you to do this in the area of giving. Cook this meal. Go to Clicks and buy these things and go bring it to Andre. 
the same time God was speaking to me in that church, give that 20 rand. That was the beginning of an international ministry that's taken me to 27 nations. That's taken me to over, sure, over, I think I've been to every, almost, I've been to Indiana, I've been to Chicago, Detroit, uh, Michigan. I've been everywhere in the States preaching the gospel. But it all started with that 20 rand. If you want greatness, if you want God to use you, you must know how to give. If you want God to increase, you have to give. Did you see what I did today when I got the team to pray? I was doing something very unique. I don't think you saw what I was doing. I said, keep praying, don't stop. Do you know what I was doing? I was giving you legal right to get increase. Only after you had finished sowing your seed of prayer. I got you to stay here to pray healing. Because if you give healing, you'll get healing. If you sow an anointing, you will reap an anointing. If you want more prophecy, profit. If you want more prophecy, give more prophecy. When you give one prophecy, you reap seven more prophecies. So the first prophecy is always the most difficult one because you have to, by faith, the moment you by faith give that word, the next word comes. Then the next word comes. And you notice that? Because what you sow, you reap. So how do you get stronger in the prophetic? You find more people to prophesy. You give more away. The more you give, the more you get. How do you get stronger in the anointing? You give the anointing away. You pray for more people. The more people you give the anointing to, the more the anointing will come stronger on your life. What you sow, you is what you reap. If you sow healing, you reap more gifts of healing for more people. My brother, that's what I was trying to show you when we were speaking. That when you pray for the sick, you must keep praying. Because as you give, God will give you the miracle of deaf ears. Then he'll give you the miracle of cancer. Then he'll give you the miracle to heal this. Then he'll give you this miracle. But you've got to give. The only way to increase the anointing in the church is to get the people to give. You can only increase the anointing of preaching by giving. So the more you preach and teach, the more anointed you get, isn't it? The more revelation comes, because as you're giving, you're receiving. In the same way, the worship team receives more by giving. Everything in the kingdom of God is multiplied by giving. The way you increase the anointing on your, on, on your life is to give it away. So whenever I don't feel like there's a prophetic anointing on my life, I try and find people to give words to. The moment I start releasing the words, I start reaping more words. Hallelujah. Thank you, Paul. Tomorrow morning in your local churches, I'm going to ask God to give you a 20 rand experience. I know it's going to be difficult, but I'm going to ask God tomorrow to give you a 20 rand experience. I'm going to ask God to give you a 20 rand experience. You might be 99 years old. You might be like this gentleman here, 19 years old. Do you remember the prophecy that his heart would be like a 19-year-old? You might be ready to emerge into your business in a new way 
and God might be saying to you, tomorrow, bring that 20 rand. And that 20 rand might be something, I don't know what it is, but it might be something, for you, it's what God wants to use. Are you with me? I pray that people will have a 20 rand experience that will take them into three decades. Can you believe it? The only reason why I'm still preaching the gospel, because I shouldn't be preaching the gospel, because according to the, to, to, to the church, I should be kicked out a long time ago. But I, I went through my seasons. I sat for my seasons. You know, it's like Virgo said, Andrew, you only had to sit for a year. I sat for three and a half years. Amen. I didn't do anything wrong in my own mind. I just had a, a collapse. It all just broke up. My whole life just shattered. And I'm apologizing to the church for the rest of my life. I have to live with it. And I'm not afraid to live with it because I need to tell the generation, I need to tell this young generation that there's consequences that when you put ministry before other things, it's destructive. Pastor Vota can stand up here and he can tell you, he can tell you how beautiful it is to have his family together. I will tell you how destructive it is to put ministry as an idol. And somebody needs to be able to tell the body the truth. Are you with me? And so if I've gone through it, I've gone through the hell so that I can tell you, hey, I have, I have the anointing to tell a young minister, listen, years 5,000 rain, go have a holiday now. I'll look after your church to sort it out. And I swear, I think I love you so much. I think if I had a man like you and Pastor Neville Norton in my life, in the early years of my life, I think I would have been okay. Unfortunately, we were in a charismatic move, man. And it was about the suits, man. Can you remember that? It was about the suits. It was about the Shandai, the Hyundai, the Kawasaki. It was about the being on TBN and about being a celebrity. And I gave up all the good things for, for a price. And when I had to fall back in love with Jesus, I had to give it all up again. Are you with me? Now I can preach with jeans. Back in those days, I couldn't preach in jeans, eh? I would come in here with a suit. Man, I'd have bodyguards. <laughs> you couldn't touch me. You couldn't talk to me. I was, it's too important. And then God just whipped me and gave me a hiding. Thank God for that hiding. Amen. Spirit of the Lord, Maranusa, lift your hands. Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that we will be a generation that does not have regrets. Amen. That the latter shall be greater than the former, God. That this season, Father God, will be the best years of our life. You're just beginning. You know what? Joshua and Caleb, they said, we are just as young as we were when we first got here. They were 80 years old, and they said, we are like 40-year-olds, Lord. We're just as young as we were when we first got here. Thank you, Lord, for a season, Father God, of experience, Lord, supernatural, intimate experiences, Father God, with you. Let the house, Father God, and those that are here have a love relationship with God, Lord, a love relationship with God that is so deep and so intimate, Father God, that the God of mammon will never have control of you. You'll tell it what to do. Big business will come to you in Jesus' name. Financial breakthroughs will come supernaturally from the north, the south, the east, and the west. But it'll be because your heart is in the, in the perfect place. Amen. It's in the perfect place. 
Marumuse Remendo. Thank you, Father God. I just want to, I just, I know it's late. It can't be as late as yesterday. But I just, the Lord wants to do stuff. The Lord just says, daughter of Zion, the Lord says, this is a new season, says the Spirit of God. This is a season of abundant overflow, says the Spirit of God. I hear the Lord saying, I'm releasing to you a greater level of love and intimacy with me. Not only am I going to stir your spirit up to, to, to have a, a place in me, God says, where you will hear my voice, but I'm going to stir your heart, God says, to real change, to bring change to a, a multitude of people. I hear the Lord saying, you are no longer a victim, you're an overcomer. I hear the Lord saying, you are no longer a victim of yesterday, but you're an overcomer. I hear the Lord saying, I pick up every piece that looks broken, and I repaint this beautiful painting, God says. And the canvas that I'm using, God says, will not be able to be broken, says the Lord. But God says, this is a season of joy, a season of overflow and abundance. I release intimate, deep relationship with God over your life. So please stand up. I hear the Lord saying, son, you love me. You love me with a love that is, is not, not human. And I hear the Lord saying, even as you're driving, you're talking to me all the time. And, and you speak to me. And it's like, you really hear me more when you're driving from one place to the other. And that's when I really speak to you. I hear the Lord saying, son, I see the mountains have been high around you. And it looks like the wells are drying up. But my son, don't worry about that. I've got some hidden blessings for you, God says. I promise you that you will not run out. I promise you, my son, if the well will not go dry. The Lord says, I've got storehouses I've laid up for this man of blessings. And God says, you will see that there will be blessings that will come to you from the north, the south, the east, and the west. I'll even use you, God says. God says, there's no such a thing as retirement here. You're not going to retire. God says, this is not a season of retirement. This is a season of new things, says the Spirit of God. How your Lord saying, I'm giving you favor and wisdom. And I see you even consulting. I see you even being called in to consult and advise different things in the future because of the wisdom God has given you. Amen. Just the love of God comes. Just the love of God comes. There's so much that God wants to do in our hearts. So will you just stand up, sir? As the Spirit of God was speaking to me, the Lord said, son, you, you, um, you would stand and fight for the rights of those that don't have rights. It's a spiritual dynamic. You're a man, says the Spirit of God, that loves your home. You love the peace in your home. And I hear the Lord saying, because you're a peacemaker, God says, the Spirit of Shalom is upon you. And I hear the Lord saying, I'm going to cause your mouth to bring peace. Otherwise, whenever there's a conflicting situation where people can't resolve, your, your, your peace, your peace is like a river, God says. And it'll bring peace in the middle of the storm. And I hear the Lord saying, for a long time in his life, he would hold a lot in his heart. You know him very well? How, how do you know him? All right. A lot of times, you need to make sure, because we don't want to talk to the wrong people, you know, you know what I'm saying? But a lot of times, the Lord says, you would hold some of the things that you feel in your heart. You'd keep it quiet. And she would say, but, but, but talk to me. Proud with me. Talk to me. And she's always trying to figure out what she's thinking, because you cannot be perceived. But I hear the Lord saying, you're a man that has wisdom. You listen. The Lord says, there's a calmness about you, that you bring calmness in the middle of the storm. It wasn't always like that, says the Spirit of God. The Lord says, there was a large conflict when you were growing up as a young man, conflict to become what other people wanted you to become. And it was difficult for you because you could never express who you really are. And I hear the Lord saying, this season, 
this man is going to become everything that God wanted him to be in this season. And I hear the Lord saying, you're going to experience things and do things. In fact, she's going to think that you're going crazy because you're going to start doing some crazy stuff, stuff that you've never done before. Even in the house of God, the way you would worship and the way that you would praise. And I hear the Lord saying, she's going to sit because she's always been the one running ahead of you in the spirit. She's been running ahead of you. And I hear the Lord saying, now she's going to get a shock because you're going to start to run ahead of her. He's going to run so ahead of you, and you're going to say, but honey, where are you going? And you're going to be saying, no, we're going to do this for God. We're going to do this for God. We're going to do this now. We're going to do this. And she's going to be saying, but what happened to my husband? The Lord says, he's not going to think about it for hours anymore or days. He's going to become very spontaneous. The spirit of spontaneousness is going to come upon you. Amen. Where you're just going to like get up and go pray for someone. It's like you'll be sitting here, and you'll feel a burden for someone. And I hear the Lord saying, just go and pray for that person. And your wife's going to say, what's going on with him? And God says, I'm giving you a freedom, amen. A freedom to be a blessing to the body, amen. You have this massive, big chunk of a heart that says, I can love God's people, amen. And you don't have to have adequate words. You don't have to have long speeches. You just have that bosom of love, amen. It's like a shepherding grace, are you with me? Just to shepherd and nourish and to care and to provide and to look after and God is saying the latter will even, will even grow even more. Amen. It's in your stillness, says the Spirit of God, that your victory is there. Amen. The Lord loves you so much. Amen. The Lord loves you. Young man, stand up. I hear the Lord saying, the Lord says, Son, surely my hand is upon you. For this is a season. What's your name? Savior. Savior. Like save the world. Oh, because I'm hearing it. Okay, for the Lord says, Son, this is a season, says the Lord, where... I begin to create within you a Joseph anointing. And God says, although there is much that the kingdom of God demands of you, the Lord says, I'm going to put you in the middle of a world system, says the Lord. And even though you're in the middle of the world system, God says, they won't even know that you're anointed like Joseph. They won't even know that you have the wisdom, says the Spirit of God, to be able to store things and to be able to put things in this rightful place. Financially, God says, I'm going to change your destiny. I'm going to change your destiny. And there are those that are saying, oh, nothing great will happen in this man's life. There are those that are saying, you know, he's, he's going nowhere. And sometimes I hear the Lord saying, even yourself, you're frustrated. You feel like you're in a box. It's all locked in. And you're saying, God, if you can just get me out the box, I can maybe experience some other things because I feel like I've been used and abused. And I feel like I'm boxed in and to the opinions of what everybody feels. I hear the Lord saying, son, I'm going to break that box open. This is a season when I break that box open for you and I release you, says the Spirit of God, to, to have freedom to, to run and freedom to, to plant and do what I want you to do in the area of finances as well. But the Lord says, not only in the area of finances will I give you the legacy of your family and the bloodline blessing, but God says even when you open your mouth, God says, there's a young generation, God says, that you will have an impact to, says the Spirit of God. And God says, you have a burden, God says, for this generation. And it's like the Lord saying, son, it's time to come to the forefront to, to lead them, to lead them, to lead them, to lead them. And the Lord says, do not say you cannot speak and do not say that you don't have any good words. The Lord says, I'll give others around you that will walk with you as a team. But the Lord says, do not limit yourself any longer. For the boldness of a lion shall begin to come out of you, says the Spirit of God. And there's coming a roar out of Zion, says the Lord. A roar comes out of Zion, amen, in your life. Hallelujah. But the Spirit of the Lord says, daughter of Zion, the spirit of prophecy is your portion. And the Lord says, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. 
And the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon in half. And so the Lord says, the sound of my voice, the majestic sound of my voice shall be heard. No longer shall the pictures be color or small one-sided pictures. For the Lord says, what you see is a picture. I see this, I see this, I see this. But the Lord says, it is limited pictures that you are seeing. But the Lord says, today I open your eyes to see the moving vision, says the Spirit of God. And God says, you will sit still and see the moving vision and understand exactly what that moving vision is, says the Spirit of God. The Lord says, the pictures was just the beginning of a process, says the Spirit of God. And much of the color and much of the number you were trying to figure out. And I see the Lord saying, for a long time I've been working with you to understand numerics, numbers, and colors, and, and different things. So you can understand the mystery of dreams and the mysteries of visions. But the Lord says, there's a seer anointing. I put a seer anointing, Shazah anointing upon you, says the Spirit of God, to be able to see and so open your eyes to be able to perceive the things of God. But this time it will be more clearer, says the Spirit of God. I also hear the Lord saying, you're going to hold the word much longer in this season. Otherwise, there's a tendency for you to want to give the word prematurely. And I hear the Lord saying, you're going to hold the word. Some of the word you've got, you're going to hold it for three, four months. Some you're going to hold for a year. You're going to carry it because there's a birthing of intercession upon you, a strong gift uh, the seer and the prophetic anointing comes upon you, says the Spirit of God. And in this house there will be great rejoicing and, and faithfulness, says the Spirit of God. Faithfulness. I hear the Lord saying, because you're faithful. Because you're faithful. I hear the Lord saying, you're faithful. You're faithful. Because you're faithful. The Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord says, do not worry, do not be anxious, do not be concerned. I hear the Lord saying, they're trying to remove the bricks from your house. That's what the enemy is trying to do. Are you listening to me? It's like he's knocking. He wants to knock a brick at a time to dislodge the way your house has always been. But I hear the Lord saying, I'm going to make sure that in this season the walls will be rebuilt. Like I rebuilt the walls with Nehemiah, so the Lord says, I'm rebuilding the walls of your family and rebuilding the walls of your life. God says, you worship me in pain. You worship me in sorrow. And you walk into this house so many times with a smile, and everybody thinks, oh, she's okay. In the meantime, everything, all hell is breaking loose around you. But the Lord says, in the middle of your storm, in the middle of your storm, in the middle of your storm, when waves are crashing all around, the Lord says, in the middle of your storm, in the middle of your pain, when waves are crashing all around, you will know me, you will see me, I'm still there, says the Lord. <laughs> and you will know me and you will see me I'm still there says the Lord in the middle in the middle of your storm I will calm the waves someone say thank you I will calm the waves my child 
in the middle of the storm. I hear the Lord saying, peace, peace, be still, be still, oh storm, be still, be still, in Jesus' name. Three women can just give her a hug, three women, and then I'm going to just love her. Okay, four. It's fine. What's your name? Yolanda, just sit there. It's fine. Yolanda, the Lord says, daughter of Zion, just when you think studying is finished, just when you think your days of studying is done, the Lord says, you're about to begin again. I know it's going to frustrate you but I didn't cause you to stagnate. I caused you to grow from another level to another level to another level. The Spirit of the Lord says, there is the anointing of Deborah upon you. For the Lord says, I put upon you the grace of Deborah. That in a male-dominated world, you will rise. In a structure that is dominated by men, the Lord says, I put a Deborah anointing upon you. I put you on the Mount of Ephraim, and I put you right on top. And I give you a palm. It will be called the palm of Deborah. And that palm will cover you from the heat. It will cover you from the sun. Because I hear the Lord saying that in your heart you say, but God, I'm fragile. I'm sensitive and I'm fragile. And God, I crack easily. Although I pretend to be strong, inside I am very, very fragile. And so the Lord says, I put the palm of Deborah over your life. It'll shelter you from storms and, and, and it'll shelter you from the winds. And I'll cause you to become an advisor to many, many great leaders in the future. But the Lord says for you to get to the next level, you must also realize that there's a new devil. God says every time you face the next level, there's a giant. And it's like in your heart you're saying, but God, why is it that every time I'm about to go to the next level, I feel there's an opposition. And I hear the Lord saying that opposition is to make you stronger. Because what is needed for you in the future is that you will be a great, great leader. Not only will you be a great leader, but you will be a great coach. Not only will you be a great coach, but you will lead men in the future. <laughs> you know, that's, a, that's a quite a word because in a male-dominated world, are you with me? For women to rise up is different, but, Je but uh, um, uh, Deborah became the first judge. She became the first judge of Israel. So don't be afraid of studying, amen? Don't be afraid of, of learning. You just, at the, at the beginning of the end is the end of the beginning. I don't even know if that makes sense. At the beginning of the end is the end of the beginning. Over here, the lady with the pinky, where's the brain? Uh, stand up. So the Lord says to me to tell you that, the Lord told me to tell you, pick him up. You know what? It's almost like we can say, 
anybody can go home right now. I can be here till tomorrow morning. I'm sorry, but I just, there's so much God wants to do. What's your name? Elise. What? That's your good name as well. Denise, the Lord says, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of counsel is upon your life. And that when you open your mouth, it will no longer be the words of human intellect, but it will be supernatural words of knowledge. God says, it has already begun to happen. Where people say, but how do you know that? Where you are not even saying the Lord says, or thus says the Lord. You were just speaking. And they say, but how did you know that I'm facing that? Or how did you know? It's like the Lord is saying, I'm prompting you to say things that you haven't even entered your mind. In conversations, in normal conversations with other people, you are going to say things by supernatural, accidental impulse. Which means you will be saying something, your mind will drift, and suddenly you will say something that's in the Spirit of God. But you will not say, thus says the Lord, or this is what God is saying. It'll be just coming out of your mind. You'll say, you know, I heard the story the other day about this situation. And you know, this is what happened. And the person's going to turn around and say, but that's exactly what I'm facing. It's happening already. Supernatural, accidental knowledge. When the supernatural becomes natural. And that's going to be your portion. And are you listening? You're not big on being seen and... You're not big on being revealed and all that stuff. You, you just want to serve in the corner there. But are you the Lord saying, you're coming to the forefront. You're really coming into the forefront of what God's got for you. I also see you like almost getting closer to Dot and saying, hey, I just need to learn. I need to learn. I need to learn. And I see a lot of women coming around you, Pastor Dot, a lot of women, and just saying, look, I need to get close to you. And you're going to become more of a mother in this season. It's going to really be, it's almost like corn cake in tea. Cake and tea, cake and tea. That's what I'm saying. Cake and tea, cake and tea. Cake and tea, is that right? It's like, it's like, you, there's a ministry of cake and tea here where corn cake is not And I see, I see all these women being dressed up and I just see this ministry, just this incredible ministry for, for these women, they're all dressed up and they're having like an English high tea, are you with me? And it's all the best cakes and everything and there's gifts because you always have to make sure everybody's got a gift. I don't know much about you, but this is what the Lord is telling me. It's like, you always make sure, even if it's a small little thing with a little bow and everything else, it looks so pretty and everything's done. And I just see this thing and a lot of women that, a lot of women that have never spoken about their journeys or their pain, um, they're just going to get this incredible group of people, this, this team of women that are going to come around you. And it's going to be like a friendship evangelism thing where they're going to be inviting these unsaved people. They would never come to church. Some of them are in here. Some of them from other places. But they'll come in cake and tea, cake and tea. They will cake to see, but have cake and tea and find the master. It's not like that. Are you with me? 
And for that to happen, God's going to give you chairs. He's going to give you tables. He's going to give you catering stuff. Amen. A whole bunch of catering stuff. It's almost like the Lord has been speaking uh, to give you like pretty stuff. Uh, I don't know why you guys are laughing because I don't know why you're laughing. But, but that's what the Lord is telling me. He's telling me it's, it, it, it looks like it would even be, could become a business, a catering business. Are you with me? That's coming out of this thing because there's so much beautiful things happening. Amen. And for those people who aren't married, you'd wish you were in this church because sure, if that department grows, you don't even have to worry. And it's just going you know I mean? to be beautiful. And you'll be a part of that. Amen. Amen. And if you just touch those girls next to you like this, they'll be a part of it as well. Just, just take your hand. Just touch them. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Because that's how it works. You see, it's called Holy Ghost Peer Pressure. Holy Ghost peer pressure is good. It's healthy. You know, hey, you've got to come with me to this. Most people don't want to come to church because there's no friends. Man of God, how are you? How are you, sir? You stand, your feet. I hear the Lord saying, a season of acceptance. The Lord says, son, a season of acceptance is now coming into your life. A season of supernatural favor favor that you've never ever had before god says for a long time you have had you've hit a level in the spirit are you with me where you can only go to a certain level but god says you were about to break out of that level into another realm you're about to be elevated it's like the lord is taking you and placing you into a higher anointing and you came here because you said god i need to receive a word that will change my destiny because we cannot keep on going around this mountain. That's what you said. You said, Lord, I'm frustrated. Put your hands towards him. I want you to stand here. Pastor Vota, come join me. Just don't look at the people. Don't, don't look at them. Leave them. We're going to look at Jesus. Are you ready? So the Lord speaks to me, and He tells me clearly, man of God, you've reached a certain level where you can't go any further. It's stagnated now. Same faces, the same people. There's trouble on your worship team. There's trouble on your worship team. There's always problems there. Recently, somebody broke in and they stole your equipment. It happened. I hear the Lord saying, the Lord is going to restore all that stuff that was stolen from your church, your equipment. Is it true? It's true. It's true. It is true because the Lord never lied to me once. You know him. And I hear the Lord saying, your worship team will never have that problem again. All right? You will not lose the son again. You will not lose the sons that you raise. They will not be fished out of your church to another church. I rebuke that spirit. But a whole new generation, a, a new, your voice, your voice, stay here, your voice, Stay. The Lord says, your voice shall be heard. Your voice shall 
be heard. The Lord says the songs that will come out of your daughter will touch heaven. The songs that she sings, the songs that she sings will bring healing and life. I hear the Lord saying, your daughter has had a bad report. Your daughter has had a bad report. You've had a bad report. I take the bad report from the medical world. I take the bad report. I cancel it in Jesus' name. I take the bad report. I remove it. Because of you, because of your love for God, a prophet's reward comes upon her life. And everything that has been broken in her life will be restored. Every bad report, her body is messed up because any other girl that went through what she went through now in the last year and a half would have had a nervous breakdown. But God has kept her. At one time, she thought she was losing her mind. She, she thought she was going to die. In December of last year, her whole world had crumbled already. It had crumbled. Now the God of heaven, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the legitimate King of heaven and earth, restores her dignity, restores your name, restores the things that were taken from your hands. When this man of God prays for you, there will come a blessing upon your life. Somebody say amen. amen. It will overtake you. And your life, your family's life, and the well-being of the ones you love, never be the same again. Reach your hands. We're having church, aren't we? Young people, serve the Lord. Amen. I pray for Jabo, I pray for Sheila. Wow. Lord, living word, Mama Lodi. We come and, and just ask you, Lord, to bless that congregation. Thank you for a godly woman. Thank you for Sheila. Lord, I pray that you will, you will just come and, 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 and really put a hedge around that whole church. You know what they've been through. Lord, I pray that you will protect not only the church and Funanani, but also the family. Lord, the, all of the Manises, that, that you will just protect them, that you will love them. And that, Lord Jabu, that, that he will be raised up. Lord, I I just see how you raise him up next to Sheila and that the two of them is a powerful team together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that I can see uh, Jabu being a pastor who preaches next to Sheila with such confidence. Thank you for a strong wife that preaches well, but that he starts preaching together with her 
next to her with confidence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. going to be okay. In the middle of your pain, when your world is crumbling, when people said I do, but they run away, God says I do, God says I do, God says Watch this. I will never run away when friends run away, business partners run away, when hopes and dreams they all run away. God says, I do the richer or poorer storms or good days I will never leave the bride I will never leave you I will never leave you I will never leave you no matter where you are sing with me I will never leave you I will never leave you, I will never leave you, no matter, no matter where you are. Don't sing with me one more time. I will never leave you, I will never leave you, I will never leave you, no matter where you are. says the Lord I will never leave you and somebody once asked me and said hey why are you still preaching the gospel I said I'm preaching the gospel because I have this revelation that nothing can separate me from the love of God David was such a mess but he knew how to fall down eh David, he just knew, man. He knew how to fall down. You know that we're going to close now and we're going to go home because tomorrow we're going to have awesome church. Amen. But you know that scripture, it says, He that dwelleth under the shadow of the Almighty. You know that scripture? He that dwelleth under the shadow of the Almighty. Um, I'm quoting it wrong. I know I am. Shall renew his strength and, you know what I mean? Rise up on the wings of an eagle. That the whole scripture. Do you know it comes from David? You know, you know where it comes from? And maybe my brother at the back here, you can help me afterwards. Are you with me? I'd really like to help me because I just off the cuff. But I heard a rabbi tell me this. He said what happened was when David made a mistake in his life. My sister, are you listening to me now? Are you listening? I want you to listen. The Bible says that David knew that he couldn't just go to the, the Ark of the Covenant and just say, God, forgive me. So what he did was, David, uh, he woke up very early in the morning when the sun was just rising. 
when the sun gives the longest shadow. And then he knelt down on his knees like this, under the shadow that came off the ark of the covenant. And it was early in the morning, so the shadow was very long. And he wrote that song, He that dwelleth under the shadow of the Almighty shall renew his strength. And he knew he was a sinner. And as the shadow, the sun started rising, the shadow started getting shorter. And he would creep under that shadow the whole morning. Creep like that. And the sun would rise higher and higher and higher until it got over the ark. And when it got over the ark, there was no shadow of turning. The Bible teaches a shadow of turning. And he grabbed the ark and he said, God, forgive me. And although he was a big mess and he killed people and he had the scene with this woman and he killed, can you believe that? Eh? He killed the guy. That was a murderer, man. David had this heart. We just come to God and just say, hey, I'm sorry. And if we can just get that heart, eh, and there's no shadow of turning, eh, we grab that ark and we say, God, on the horns, Lord, forgive me. And then you have this incredible God that's just forgetful. Preachers aren't forgetful. Church members aren't forgetful. Family is not forgetful. This gentleman came up to me one day. He was a bishop of a large, organized church. He had made some mistakes in life. And he had heard I was in town, and he gave me a phone call. He said, Prophet Andre, can I please meet you? So I met with him in the restaurant. And he started opening up, and the first thing he started saying was, I'm so sorry, Prophet. I made a mistake. I made some things, did some wrongs. And I heard the Lord saying, what is this man talking about? I said, what do you mean? God, he's telling me his life, he's pouring out his sins, all of his mistakes. And God said, but I don't know what he's talking about. So I went and I left the building and I went outside. I, I always try and find a garden if I want to talk to God found the garden outside the restaurant and I said, Lord, please help me. Is that artist at the back there? Um, Yaku, bring me a page quickly. But roll it up and bring it to me, okay? Yeah, a page, eh? And um, I said, but this guy, you know, he failed his marriage, he failed the church, he, he did all these wrongs and, he, and God, he's, he's coming to me to repent and he's telling me all of these things that he did wrong and the Bible says confess your sin to one another and God is he's doing that bring it my boy now just bring it quickly paper and the Lord uh, he told me well go and read Go read the sins of his life. So I tried to read the sins of his life. 
said, but God, there's, there's nothing on this page. And he says, yeah. You see, there's one thing I don't have. I don't have the power to change your free will. But there's one thing I can't do. I can do anything, but I can't do this one thing. I said, what is this? Remember. God said, I can't remember your sin after you said, Jesus, forgive me. It is impossible for God to remember your sin. He can't. That's how we're going to restore fallen men, sir. Pastor Voter, God is going to give you the anointing to restore men of God that don't want to preach anymore. Men of God that had great churches that have run away from the ministry because they made a mistake. Maybe they didn't even make a mistake. Sometimes the man of God is blamed, and it wasn't even him. He didn't even do anything. Are you with me? There's two sides to every coin. But in marriage, we all know the husband is guilty. No, it's the truth. No, no, it's the truth. Because he's the head of his family. And if that spirit came in, it was his fault. He has to take responsibility. It doesn't matter what happens. A woman doesn't wake up and stops loving you. She stops loving you because you stopped doing something. You're the head. Take responsibility, repent. It's that simple. I believe that. Dr. Fred Roberts believes that. I was taught that way. All right. But with this incredible anointing, I went back into the restaurant and I said to this bishop, I said, sir, stop lying. He said, what are you saying? He said, but I, I said, you're a liar. He said, but you don't understand. I said, you are a liar. He said, why are you calling me a liar? I said, because it is impossible for God to remember your sin. Amen. The guy fell down, started weeping. Holy Spirit started healing him. Guess what? That man is being restored today. That man is preaching the gospel again in Mossel Bay. Amen. God has raised him up because he couldn't forgive himself. I pray that this church will have an anointing. Live in the word. Amen. Not only this branch, but all of us in this family of churches will have this incredible, amazing grace not to be critical or judgmental of Enchia Dormanis or AFM Dormanis, amen, ministers, or any other minister. But I pray that they will come in by the herds, by the hundreds, amen, in this next season, broken and withered and wanting to give up. And some of them will, will be limping. Some of them might be hurting ministry. Are you with me? Some of them might have had congregations turn on them. I pray they will come into this amazing Holy Ghost place and receive incredible Holy Ghost healing. Amen. And I believe that God's going to use you in a very powerful way to, to love and to care. And to nourish these guys back into a healthy, a healthy life. Come join me, man of God. I love this man. We're going to go home now. Have a nice cup of tea and coffee. And uh, I just want to... I don't actually want to go home. Yesterday at 7 o'clock, I started crying. Um, after the meeting had finished 
because I thought, but God, am I going to miss you? I'm serious. Don't you ever miss God? Uh, I miss God. I preach every day of my life. I miss God. Three hours after a meeting, I go, where are you, Lord? Are you here speaking? I miss him. I long for him. I miss him. can't be in a crowd with people. I want to get out of the crowd. I want to get away from the people. I just want to find a quiet place and just say, hey Jesus, it's me. We wrote that song about baby Jesus. Um, we, we wrote this song together. Well, it was kind of strange. Do you want to, you want to sing it for us? Can you? Yeah, you'll sing the verse. It's a long. And I had a song about, you know, because sometimes when uh, my little daughter, she went to pray the one day, and she didn't say, hey, Jesus. She said, baby Jesus. <laughs> I want you to fall in love with God all over. Amen. Dad, we're going to fall in love with God all over. Like really fall in love. When was the last time you sat down and looked at a flower for an hour? Just looked at a flower. Stopped and looked at a flower. And then started thanking God. Lord, thank you for this flower. I challenge you. Start doing that. Go outside, look at the stars and say, thank you for that star. Thank you for that star, God. Thank you for that one. I pray that you fall in love with Jesus. Do you want to go for it, Paul? And then Pastor Vogue is going to close off with and I'm going to go home and cry because I'm so in love with God. I have never, ever in my life been so in love. I'm so, I'm so messed up, man. <laughs> you know, they said to me when I was 17 years old, at a young man's age, and I got saved out of gangsterism and drugs, they said, ah, oh, you'll calm down. When I was in Bible school, John Torrance said, hey, uh, you'll calm down. Dr. Fred said, you'll calm down. Neville said, I'll calm down. I've got worse, man. <laughs> they say, Pastor Vogt, they say that he's dead. They say that uh, theology says that he wasn't really, you know, the son of God. He's just a good man. You know, you know they, guys, they twist things. But if he was not the son of God, and if any of you didn't exist, lost a vote, who is this living on the inside of us? How is it possible? To be so in love with someone you've never really seen. I was watching, I was watching you yesterday, and you blessed me so much. I think I watched you for an hour. You were standing here, even in your sickness. Am I right? 
because the Lord told me. She was worshiping here, and the Lord said to me, even in her sickness, she's praising me. And if, it's, if it doesn't get healed, it will change the way you grow old. But I know you healed yourself in the worship. I know God healed you. I know you worship. But she was standing here, and she was like, there's another young lady over here that was doing the same thing and, she, and the two of them were just like worshiping God an hour I watched them through the eyes of God and I saw how much God loved and how much he loves us there is nothing more beautiful than seeing God's creation in love with God I will give up the ministry and I have. I will give up preaching. I'll give up it. Because I didn't want to be a prophet. I never ever wanted to be a prophet. I wanted to, to hear the voice of God. I never wanted to be a prophet. I just got into this thing where I fell in love with him. And I started talking to him and he started talking back to me. You, you know what I'm saying? And the next minute I know that, you know, I'm like an evangelist and I'm like hearing his voice and now they're calling me a prophet. And I'm like, what's going on here? I pray that we would fall so in love with God. You want that? How many people want that? We, we become so in love with God that we feel his heartbeat, you know? Like, when somebody's sick and they come to the front, and even though you're not a member of the, you're not a member of the Beding group, you're not even a member of them, you come to pastor and you say, Pastor Vota, please, 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 can I please pray for that person? With tears. There's nothing more powerful than that. And then you see that, you can say, as a man of God, I know you will, you say, oh no, go pray. Dan sluit ons af Paul sing that last chorus and then we close with prayer Baby Jesus